<laughs> you look like a guy who's ready to have whiskey drink and a podcast talk. And you know what? I think that we are um, on. We're um, on. Oh, should we count down? Well, we... Yeah, let's count down. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Are you... Me, you say three, I say two, we both say one, and you say go. That's a great idea. Okay. Who did you say says three? You. Okay. Three. Two. One. one go. You son of a gun. <laughs> Hi, I'm Benji. And I'm David. And we're best friends from college who enjoy hanging out and talking about stuff. So we're going to do that, and hopefully you enjoy listening to it. This is the CC Podcast. You guys are dumb. So okay, I so see... I hit this... Yeah. Are, we, are we on? Are we going? I think we're going. So I can't help but notice you brought something. Are you... Are you talking about the, the booze? I'm talking about the booze, oh, yeah. And what else are you talking about? Well, welcome to the CC Podcast. Yeah, okay, um, gotcha. The people, nobody, <laughs> nobody should be listening. If you are listening, go outside and touch grass. Um, yeah, what are you doing listening to us right now? Yeah, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, I don't get what you're doing. Um, Our booze of the day. Last time we did wine. Um, this time, I was at the store and I saw... Rattlesnake Rosie's Maple Bacon Maple Flavored Whiskey. That's a mouthful. Say that five times fast. <laughs> I have to picture a toy boat. To to <laughs> Rattlesnake Rosie's. Rattlesnake Rosie. Yeah, I don't, nice. I don't know if it's possible. Um, but yeah, it's a whiskey that is maple bacon flavored. And so how could I not try that, you know? Maple um, bacon? I'm, I'm in. Yeah. You, you wanna... And whiskey. I love whiskey. I love whiskey too. Yeah. You want to give it a smell? Yeah. So which does it? And by the way, we it are smells great. Actually. We are not endorsed by Rattlesnake Rosie. So yes. if it if it stinks, if it's terrible, actually smells really good. It does. Yeah, it smells very breakfasty. Actually, you know what it smells like? Maple and bacon. <laughs> it smells exactly like that. There's <laughs> right. a little bit of a smokiness to it. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna try. We'll shoot it first. A little bit of it straight. Yeah, and then we'll mix it with Coke and see if we like that. Are we gonna sip this or shoot it? Let's shoot it. Well, right. let's do... How about this? We'll, we'll do like a, a trifecta here. We'll do like a teeny tiny sip. Okay. We'll talk about it. Yeah, discuss it. Then we'll shoot it. And then maybe that, that might be worthy of discussion as well. Who knows? And then we'll... Uh, I'll make us a little mixed drink out of it here. Cool. All right. Cheers, brother. Rattlesnake Rosie's Maple Bacon... Actually, it goes down pretty easy. It does go down pretty easy. The The maple is, I would say, more present than the bacon. I agree. I, I, w- I would say the bacon... I don't even know that I felt the bacon. Yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah. It tastes like, like maple. Maple whiskey, yeah. Yeah, which isn't bad. Yeah. I like, I like maple. I like whiskey. It does have like a campfire fire aftertaste to it, kind of. Yeah, maybe that's where they're trying to like... Get you into the bacon vibe, yeah. the smokiness of yeah, it or something. Yeah, that's probably it. Um, the lady at the worker store where I bought it, <laughs> this is not the most glowing of an endorsement for a product. She was like, oh, I love having that stuff because I cook with it. I use it as a glaze. Oh. So she'll like put it in uh, in the pan <laughs> and She's like, yeah, I, I was just... I would just cook that up. <laughs> she didn't say, "Oh, it's so delicious." Yeah, <laughs> it'll. If you need to glaze your pork chops, yeah. it'll do a great job. But actually, I can see that being a really good addition to a pork chop. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, you want to throw it back? Should we shoot it. Let's do it. There we go. Cheers. Shin shin. Oh yeah. You got it. You got, got to tap it. it on the table. Got to Um. I was informed of an expression. Um. <laughs> 
that is called No Poya No Foya, which uh, is is that what language Spanish? Is that? Uh, oh, Spanish and it, like Spain Spanish. Oh, okay. That basically is if you the original Spanish, the original Spanish, <laughs> Spanish. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that if you don't tap your glass to the table, then nobody gets any action. Ooh, oh man. Well, I'm glad we tapped. That is a um, that that is the nerfed version of of what that means. Uh, All right. Yeah. So you've got to make sure that you're always you save the day there. You got to tap the table. Got to have action. You're, you're ruined. Um, but yeah, so while I pour this, what uh, would you uh, would you drink this? What do you think? Yeah, I, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you have any more thoughts on oh, the thoughts rattlesnake on the rosies? I actually and... really like. So I, I I really enjoy old fashions. Um, that's kind of my more recent oh yeah enjoyment uh, drink of choice, and so therefore whiskey has been a drink of choice. I would I would get this again. I would drink this again. It goes down easy. It. Um, Although I did twitch when I took when I shot it, but you know I, I am kind of a wimp sometimes when it comes to alcohol. Like I, I will, it's kind of hit or miss sometimes if I get nauseous after shooting something, and that I wasn't even close to feeling nauseous from that. So um, I would I would endorse that. I would get this drink again. And in fact, I'm looking forward to sipping on it with you tonight. How, so an old fashioned that's got like a lot of ingredients, right? Yeah, it's got like some sort of syrup, and I actually am. <laughs> For liking them so much, I don't know how to make one, but Lude, my wife is a bartender, so she makes them always for for both of us, and she'll like put some syrup in it, a cherry, ice, and some sort of whiskey. And so yeah. with it being kind of a sweet whiskey drink, yeah. maybe this could be an interesting uh, yeah. ingredient. I've been making a lot of... Uh, have you ever... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, have you ever had peanut butter whiskey, screwball? I haven't, but I've heard it's fantastic. It's... I would put it under the similar category as this, like a, flav- a fun-flavored whiskey... Also very fantastic. It's dangerously good. Dangerously. Okay. Yeah. So screwball. Gotta screwball. try it. Yeah, gotta try it. Um, and uh, so we just mixed some uh, Diet Kroger Cola. <laughs> also not endorsed by Kroger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I spent a lot of time saying that we're not yeah. sponsored by. Yeah. <laughs> but we're still, yeah. I would say I actually like it better unmixed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm still going to drink this. Don't get me wrong. But I think I like it better unmixed. I would agree, though. I think the uh, the porkiness of it comes through with the cola a little more. <laughs> the porkiness. <laughs> but I'm, I've been um, making Moscow mules a decent amount. Once Ooh. you get the uh, copper mugs, it's like you got it. The, the cost you have to make them. Sunk. So, how do you make one? What's the, what's the very trick? very easy? Okay. Two parts or two shots vodka, one shot lime juice, the rest ginger beer. Oh, could not be over ice in a copper mug, Couldn't ideally. Um, but yeah, and if you do that, it's perfect. It seems when you're making it, you will think to yourself, seems like a lot of lime juice, <laughs> it, but but you will uh, you will not regret putting that much lime juice in. I think vodka kind of pickles. Um, mm. With lime juice and it cuts kind of. out a lot of the, the uh, bitter taste mm-hmm. that like um, nail polish taste. We really went dr- right into booze talk here, which is fine. We did. Um, and I, I want I wanted to say for anyone not watching and listening, and if it sounds like we're subtly eating something, we are enjoying some blueberries <laughs> as well. A very loud <laughs> noshing fruit. I've yeah. come to, uh, um, these blueberries are just mm-hmm. delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And for anybody who is listening for the first time and doesn't know what we're about, again, uh, David and I are basically operating. I'm, I'm Benji, that's David. And uh, we're basically operating under the assumption that nobody's listening. And we're having the kind of conversations that we would be having if we were just sitting on the couch hanging out. Um, the only difference is we have microphones in front of our faces. Um, and you are welcome to listen in and mm-hmm. comment, contribute, however uh, you'd like to see fit. And we uh, can have you be part of the conversation with yeah. us. It'd be amazing to have at least one comment, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, last time that we were here, we did um, some topics from a hat. We did. And I thought that that went pretty well. I had a fun time, uh, basically the gist of what we did and what we're going to start off by doing today is that I wrote five topics and David has no idea what those five topics are. Mm -hmm. Uh, David wrote five topics. I have no idea what he wrote. And we put those 10 topics into a hat. Um, and then we're going to, one of us will take turns, um, pulling a topic out. Whoever pulls it has to speak first. They mm-hmm. might have never thought about this topic before or uh, whatever, but they are obligated to go first, uh, and we'll just follow the conversation wherever it goes, just like two chums would. Yep. And one thing we're adding to this episode is we are going to have a, f- a fun, friendly debate. Um, we don't know what the topic is yet, and we don't know which side we have to take yet, but whichever side we take, we have to defend it to the end, and... We'll let the audience decide who won the debate. Yeah, CC yeah. Debate Club. CC Debate Club. Be looking forward uh, to that here in a little bit as well. Um, Should we I do our first hat. topic? I have a hat right here. All right, would um, you like to do the honors? You know what? I went first last time. Oh, okay. So I'm going to let you go first this time. Sounds good. I'll close my eyes. All right. I'll pass the hat back to you. Okay. First topic <laughs> is... Laughter yoga. Laughter <laughs> yoga. <laughs> have you okay. ever heard of this before? Um... I I have seen like videos uh, if I if it is what I think it is. Okay. Is it just like people forcing themselves to laugh for therapeutic reasons? Basically. So, um I I actually did laughter yoga. I, I went to a workshop in 2013. I thought it would be really fun to go. So I <laughs> I, I, I I paid for this workshop up in Asheville, North Carolina. Did a whole weekend there. Which, I, in case you don't know, Asheville, North Carolina, is known as the mecca of laughter yoga. Um, Everyone knows that. It's an un, uncommon, well, yeah, very very commonly known fact. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know yeah. if you didn't know that. I don't even know why I bothered bra- bringing it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody knows that. Everyone knows that. So, um, of course, it's not, but, um, and nobody knows that. You're right. You're yeah. right. Whatever. But Asheville, North Carolina. Asheville, North Carolina. Um... So, Why are you in Asheville, North Carolina? For this laughter yoga conference. So, so, hold, hold the <laughs> so, so the whole conference revolved around laughter yoga. Correct. It wasn't like, okay, you can come take this hour-long laughter yoga seminar at our uh, yoga conference or at our health and wellness conference. Correct. It was The whole thing was about laughter yoga. So what I thought it was, I had no clue what it was, actually. I was just like, that's something I want to try. So, it turns out it's really, there's no yoga poses involved. It's not like a workout, really. It's exactly what you described it as. It's, it's faking laughter to, really, you're basically taking on yoga breathing and faking laughter. And what it does is it trains the, 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 
your diaphragmatic breathing. It trains your diaphragm. It, it gets oxygen in your body. Diaphragmatic. Yeah. Never Diaphragmatic. Breathing. I've never heard the word diaphragm turned into an ad, adjective? Yes. Adject, di- adverb? What would it be? Breathing. Breathing would be I think be it's an noun. adjective. Yeah, it's yes. It's a type of breathing. Yeah. So, so I think what would be fun is if I showed you how they did it. I, I think that we're I'm still stuck on the word diaphragmatic for a second. <laughs> because Can you spell that word? You better believe it. D I A P R P H P H R A G M A T I C. I think that's it. I won I won the middle school spelling bee. Did you? Yeah. Madison Junior High in oh, Mansfield, man. Ohio. So between spelling bees and soccer competitions <laughs> you know what I'm meaningless trophies are just I, I collect them um, I, I remember the word that I that I won it was in seventh grade uh-huh. um here I'll, I'll let you I'll let you try to spell the word that I won on okay the you, are you ready yes your word is acolyte acolyte okay is it oh no it is a c o L Y T E acolyte. You would have won the seventh grade spelling. I would have. Yes. Yes. Let's go. Do most people think it's an I instead of a Y? (laughs) (laughs) You are the first person I've heard spell it (laughs) since you spelled it. (laughs) Comment below how you think acolyte should be spelled. But but the you the, don't go around just challenging people. <laughs> How do you spell? It? Hey, hey, in seventh grade I could spell acolyte. What do you think? <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't do too well uh, when you're you know trying to impress people. Um, but what I think is interesting about the word diaphragmatic is that the G, which had been kind of chilling silently in the word diaphragm. Suddenly it's like, all right, this is my time to shine. <laughs> I'm popping out. I'm tired of being a silent letter. You make this an adjective, G is coming to play. That's when it gets the spotlight. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I've thought of this a lot before. <laughs> We're going to get back to laughter. Okay, right, yeah, but uh, this is good. I, I am glad that my name doesn't have any silent letters in it. That's because true. think about it. If you had a silent letter. What's your like, middle name? Jordan. Okay. Also very economical with the letters. Yeah. Um, but like my name's Benji, B-E-N-J-I, every letter makes a sound. And you see people whose names are like Aaliyah, and it's spelled like A-A-L-I-Y-E-I-G-H-A or something like that, which I'm not even making fun of it. I just have seen spellings like that. And it's like, think about all of the extra time you spend over the course of your life writing out letters... That were not necessary to the pronunciation of your name. So if you're a parent and you're thinking about naming your child, think about that. You throw an extra A at the beginning and an extra H at the end. You are now burdening your child with two extra letters every single time that they write their name. That's probably going to end up being like hours of their life in the aggregate writing out letters that were, were completely unnecessary. Time wasted. Time wasted. And it maybe it looks cute on paper, um, but most of the time so, you're not looking at names on paper. Do you think that like words and names with silent letters in the very beginning the letters had a meet like like 
knife. Do you think at any point they were saying the K? Do you think or like like otherwise? What is, is the really, purpose? That is a really really good question. Was there a day when every letter was pronounced yes. in the English language, and then we eventually kind of we slanged it out? We slanged it out. Like for so here's a, here's a here's yeah. a here's an example of one that we I think most people have picked up on like what from what. What? Yes. Like it used to be. Cool whip. What? Yeah, cool whip. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> what was the word where he added an H and there shouldn't have been one? Oh yeah, I I, I remember that bit, but I yeah. completely forget what we're word referencing. That was. Family Guy, if anyone's confused. Yes. Um, you can't have a pie without cool whip. Cool whip. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> cool whip. This is like a, a very eighth grade reference or whatever. Yeah. For um, us, but but um. What? Yeah, yes. at one point they would have been saying what. At but would there would have never been a time that people were saying, "Oh, I I must breathe from my diaphragm." <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I saw the saigon. The it saigon. opened up my eyes. I saw the saigon. Yeah, the sign. Bring it into the ligahut where you belong. <laughs> where. You. I have a thought. I have a thought about this. Oh, That's gosh. true. Yeah, I guess. I maybe maybe it's the case for some words, but probably not most. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it probably, I bet that you can trace most silent letters to certain, like, um, nations of origin or languages yeah. of origin that maybe, like, a silent K tends to derive from a Latin. This is completely me speaking out of my butt. But, like, yeah. maybe the silent K. It's pretty K impressive, actually, to see him up, speak from his butt. It's, yeah, you know what? It really is. It really is. <laughs> it's a, a real Ace Ventura moment. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, yeah, I wonder if, like, most silent K words come from one line of, you know, Some etym line, yeah. etymological line and. Uh, silent G's or somewhere else, you know. Okay. So, laughter, so yoga. laughter yoga. <laughs> so it's actually pretty like the premise of it. Okay, let me take a step backwards. Diaphragmatic breathing. Diaphragmatic breathing, but the the genuine funniness—if that's a real word—the genuine funniness of it enhances when you're in a group setting because if all it takes is one person with the contagiously funny fake laugh for it to become real laughter for everybody. If that makes sense. Uh, it completely makes David, have you ever played the haha -ha game? Is that where you rest your head on someone's that is belly? A, yeah. That is exactly what I'm referring to. The campground game. The campground game. It is almost, I would say the spirit of that game is the spirit of laughter yoga, except laughter yoga just has like a thousand other games you can play. Um, Which, by the way, the haha -ha game. To those of you who don't know, yeah, yes, you rest. Uh, everybody rests their head on another person's belly, and it tessellates, and so everyone has a head on their belly, and their belly, their head is also on another person's belly. And the first person says "ha" once, right? I actually don't know. I don't remember. I think the first person says "ha" once. The second person has to say "ha" twice, and like it adds. Every, you add a "ha" every time. But exactly what you said, the laughter, the the fake laughter becomes infectious, especially when your head is yeah. bouncing because the person in front of you is saying "ha" seven times. You start chuckling, and then the person in front of you is now cracking up. And well, what's fascinating about that is the sensation of your head bouncing up and down is is funny. Yeah. But also, the sensation of a head pushing your belly down is a funny feeling. So it's like, it triggers just this really, 
it hits your funny bone really quickly hmm. in that game. Did did you play that game at the? Summer? We didn't play that game, but um, so first they teach you the diaphragmatic breathing. So I would like I want to show this to you right now. Okay, right, here we go. So this may or may not even be funny, and like it might not turn into real after it. We'll find out, but it still trains the diaphragm, which is so, a benefit. Okay, in this situation. Yeah. Should I treat this? I'm not going to resist laughter, nor Don't, am I going to fake it. Well, so exactly. So you're not. You're not. Your your goal is not to find a genuine laugh. Your goal is really just to focus on the breathing exercise, which is you inhale and then you exhale. And then when you feel like you only have like 10 to 20% air left, you really, you complete the exhale by pushing it out with a, (laughs) and that's it. And so you don't, you actually shouldn't care whether or not it turns into real laughter. Sometimes it does. That's sometimes a side effect. And um, sometimes it isn't, but regardless, it, it, it's really good for the diaphragm. It, it, it kind of it helps with deeper levels of breathing. If you are a singer, you play an instrument, or if you're you know an exerciser and you need to access the that diaphragm, it's a, a simple way to train it. So let's so let's do some diaphragmatic like or hear, some laughter yoga breathing. Yes, which would also be diaphragmatic breathing. Okay, so let's inhale together. Ready? Okay. Inhale, and then just exhale. And then when you feel like you're almost out of air, just push it out with a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... It does kind of be a huge chuckle. It does a little bit, right? It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So let's try one more time. Just, just for the... So are, just... Am I going in through the nose, out through the nose until no, no. I need to start chuckling? You can exhale... The inhales through the nose. The exhale is whatever feels better through the nose, through the mouth. You will exhale for longer through the nose. Mm-hmm. And so it can be more soothing and relaxing. Um, so why don't we do that through the nose? So yeah, and, and listeners who, yeah. Uh, yeah, feel free to do this with us and see yeah. if you chuckle as well. And then when you feel like you're almost at the end, you can open your mouth and push it out with a little haha. Okay, ready? So One more time. Inhale. I'll be honest. Okay, so um, what was your experience, Benji? So so. Here's how I relate it, I guess. Uh, whenever somebody asks me if I'm ticklish, it, it the answer is kind of it depends on my mood, right? Mm. And and sometimes I can be very like like ticklish to the point that's like if you touch me, or you could pretend to touch me, and it, it it'll set me off. You'll be in tears. And, and yeah, and sometimes it's like, dude, you might as well not even what you know why why even try? Um, and I feel like maybe this puts you into a silly place, which is the kind of vibe that, that I feel like I'm in when I'm really susceptible to tickling. Um, but I, I do think... <laughs> gritchy, gritchy, gritchy. <laughs> um, but, but I think that that is an effective thing of getting me to that place. I don't think I'm just naturally feeling giggly right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it kind of gets you into that, like... <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe there's like a momentum and, and you probably can speak this yes. to your laughter that it's like once you start laughing it kind of mm-hmm. um, gets contagious yes um, yeah which is similar to when I think when I'm ticklish is when I'm already feeling kind of giggly maybe I've got already got some of that laughter momentum and then <laughs> yes well and, and and that does happen that did happen when I did that workshop where like you would do rounds of it and as you got to like round five six or seven you found yourself Laughing with a, with a more hearty, 
boisterous laugh, and um, and then you could start playing around with like, all right, now let's laugh sooner to get the air out, um, and then you would add movements like and. In yoga, you do a forward fold. I don't know if you've... Basically, you reach down to touch your toes. You, gotcha. t- you inhale, you exhale, and reach down to touch your toes. They would then add movement into it, where you inhale up, and then as you exhale, you laugh as you go to touch your toes. And that adds an element of this is ridiculous and kind of funny. Um, so here's an example of one of the games we played. And this is an example of a game that was funnier the bigger the crowd and the more open the crowd was to it. It's, it's, I would equate this these types of games to like hypnosis where if you're not really open to it it's going to be like get me out of here but if you're open to it it's probably going to start to get funny really fast but by the way do you i i was kind of thinking about this that there's a um what is it being a suggestible or the power of suggestion Mm -hmm. or whatever having that mindset do you think that the people who would be most affected by laughter yoga are the same kinds of people who would also be affected by hypnosis because they can be suggested into Into, feeling a certain way or thinking a certain way i would say there's definitely a venn diagram there but i and also to be fair i don't know enough about hypnosis to to fully answer that i got hypnotized once I want to hear about that, but I want to, I want to finish answering your question. I think I remember you saying that and you don't have, well, well, anyways, we'll come back to that. So one thing about laughter yoga that I don't know could is true or not about hypnosis is even if you're not open to it, you still get the benefits of training your diaphragm and training your lungs and getting more oxygen simply by doing the act of the haha. Even yeah. if you, even if you don't think it's funny or you get into that, if you think it's hokey, you will still receive benefit from doing it. Sure. Whereas hypnosis, I, I don't know if that's the, it could be the case, but I just don't know enough about it. If you're not suggestive, do you get anything out of it? That's a very. I think that if you were not, if if you're not receptive mm-hmm. and you don't have that suggestive, yeah. no, 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 you, you said the right word. Okay. Um, that if you don't have that suggestive, um, su- yeah, it, it's the power of suggestion or whatever. I forget yeah. the exact term, but it, um. I think that it would do nothing to you. I think you'd be just be sitting there like, this is stupid. Gotcha. Um, but I would say probably there's more more that intersects with that Venn diagram than doesn't. But there yeah. are a few things that you'd probably still get to. So tell us about your hypnotized. You were hypnotized. Yeah, what was that in like? Vegas. In Vegas. In Vegas. That's I a fun to place a, to get hypnotized. Yeah, I went to a, a hypnotist show there. It was like the backup hypnotist. I don't know why, like, the dude who was, like, on the title of the show is, I, I whatever I could the say. The substitute it, it was Mar- supposed to, It was like, <laughs> Mark Savard, comedy magic. Sorry, Mark Savard isn't here tonight. Yeah. Here's Jim. He's the guy on the sidewalk. We brought him in. <laughs> yes, exactly. We taught him very quickly how to yeah. do hypnosis. Uh, but Jim came in, and uh, they basically said, hey... If you want to possibly get hypnotized, come up on stage. Now, um, I think immediately that probably cuts all of the people who who don't have the suggestive, um, right? Because they're they're not going to go. They're not going to want it. Yeah. yeah. The the people who already are like hypnosis is stupid. Yeah. Why am I even here? Mm-hmm. Um, they don't go up. Right. It's the hams like me. Um, who would go up and. I bet you would go up. I would, I would, although, just to push back slightly, there's probably a very small minority of people who are opposed to it who go up there just to prove that it's hokey. And and that's why. Let me show you this doesn't work. Yeah. They'll, once the people who are interested in going up, they say they're, say they want 20 people to Mm -hmm. be involved in the show. They'll have 50 people go sit up there at first. And they'll, um, basically like walk through some like, hey, 
you're feeling you're all feeling sleepy do this uh do an air guitar solo when i say snap you're all gonna jump up and down or what whatever and i think that maybe they have a good sense of who is faking it to be in and who like actually is kind of getting into the trance of it right and so they weed people out um, what do you think they like see their pupils dilate or like what do you think it is that they, how do they pick up on I that? think maybe the level of effort that people put into it gotcha I think if people are either doing like zero effort they'll they'll weed them out and the people who it's like okay these, this person is obviously acting yeah um, this isn't what it normally would look like they might be able to see through they're, they're, they're experienced they yeah. have three shows they know a night or whatever yeah. um, but I did make it through I was one of the people who was on the show you were um, very suggestive <laughs> yeah, I guess so <laughs> um I will say I was aware of what was happening in real time, but I genuinely just didn't care. What, whatever whatever was suggested to me, it was like, yeah, that's natural to do it. I, never, I didn't feel like I was acting. I didn't feel like I had a responsibility to like hype up the crowd. I, I, I literally just kind of felt like I was like super chill and just... Oh, okay, when he says, when he snaps his fingers, I'm going to be really itchy. And so he's like, oh, itchy. And it... Did I, you feel itchy, felt, or did you just behave itchy? I... That's a really good question. I think that I behaved itchy. I don't... There was there was one. I don't know if it was like a... It's, it's hot, like you need to like... Oh, it's hot. like with when I snap my fingers, the temperature is going to rise. I know that's like a really common one that they yeah. do, and I don't know if I actually felt hot or if I just felt like compelled, or if you just looked hot, to, <laughs> <laughs> um, or if I just felt compelled to like Support. go along with the flow. Mm -hmm. But I definitely didn't think that it was of my own volition. I having gone through it, I do think that there is something to it. I do think that it's real. Um, I think that I I didn't feel like I was just like in a trance where I I was. Totally you didn't feel unaware. like you blacked out. Yeah, yeah. I didn't wake up. I was like, what happened? Yeah. Like, no, no. I was pretty much. But I will say, um, there was stuff that happened that I was told about that like didn't involve me that I was just completely disinterested in. That like other people like, oh yeah, when when the other people had to do this, um because it was a Vegas act, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say, like, there was a, like, the females up there were given um, suckers that were shaped And you like did not things. notice it at all. I, I wasn't even aware of that. And not to be a pig, I think that if I were cognizant, I would have been aware of that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, I think I just kind of was like, all right, I'm just chilling here, waiting for my next thing to do. Yeah. Um, which maybe that is the, that wow. is what the hypnotic state, what you could describe it as. I wonder if that's like, if there, if like different people have different experiences with it. Cause I, I do remember at BG at Bowling Green, where we went to college, yes, there was like a guest hypnotist that came in one year and I went to watch it. And I remember talking to one of the students that got hypnotized afterwards who did feel, feel like they black, like they didn't remember doing anything that we told them they did. And I don't know if they were just like pretending not were to they remember. Were they a ham? Were they like, yeah. Also a ham. I don't. I don't know the answer to that, and I, I would. None of them were close enough friends to like know if it was real or not. But, sure. but I have heard people say that they blacked out and just like, yeah, I don't know. 
I would not describe my experience as such. As that. So okay. maybe maybe I was just being a ham and I'm deluding myself, but <laughs> that's uh, that's how I felt about it. Yeah. Um, so a similar sensation with the laughter yoga. Yeah. That when you can kind of convince yourself to laugh, then your brain kind of takes over mm-hmm. and just starts mm-hmm. laughing away. Yeah. Was there any, okay? I have to ask you this. <laughs> you are a super positive person, mm-hmm. and and I know you would never like, like like you will go along with with what's happening there. You're not going to rock the boat. You're yeah. not going to be like this is stupid. You're not going to leave. Was there ever a time during your laughter yoga retreat that you were like, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. Like this, absolutely, is, this is ridiculous. <laughs> absolutely. Well, so. Uh, I will say there were there were some games that we played that genuinely made me laugh, and some games that we played where I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. But obviously I didn't say that out loud. I wanted to be a supportive part of the environment. Yeah. But like one, for whatever reason, that tickled my funny bone, one game that we played was the objective of the game was, was to go around and look people in the eye and shake their hand and fake laugh without breaking eye contact. But, uh, and so that, that's kind of like a common game. And, and so depending on who you handshake and how, what their laugh sounds like and what their face looks like, like sometimes that was a really funny game to play to just like, exactly. well, and, and so there, there's just so many different variations of that premise, like where you go around and shake people's hands. So like you can add something before it where you can, you can make a goofy comment. Like you just said, you've got a big nose. Um, but one, one that I remember was. A strange scenario where you pretend that you went out to eat and the waiter came with the bill and you reach into your pocket and you realize you forgot your wallet at home. And so you have to pull out your empty pocket, point at it and look at it, and then look at the person in front of you and laugh and just keep pointing and looking at your pocket. (laughs) (laughs) What a specific thing. (laughs) So that's just one example of like, I, you I guess can, I'm laughing at yeah, the premise. The so. premise, but you can see how it can easily become like, okay, you definitely have to be open to this to to laugh for some of these games. But um, a big part of a big part of the social games, as I keep saying, is how, what does the other person look like and sound like, and does that is that contagious to you? But the solo stuff, the breathing stuff, that stuff is I still use that sometimes. Like if I'm like sometimes I have days where I feel like it's tough to get a deep breath, and like sure. some that'll help sometimes to do that. Um, even if it's not like a funny moment, it helps me to get a deeper breath. And then sometimes I'll do that, and I'll be in like a more chipper mood afterwards, you know. Sure. So like it, th- there were some benefits of doing that workshop. Would I recommend doing a full weekend of it? Maybe only if you really sound interested and want to do it. But um, I mean, I, I think what I was like, w- what I implied at the beginning, which is if you went to a fitness expo. And yeah. you found that there was a seminar, a one-hour seminar on that would be the time yoga, to try it. Then it that sounds like a perfectly fine thing to do, and yeah. then you can mock it afterwards yeah. or whatever. I, I guess you definitely get buy-in because if it's a whole weekend, you can't there be resistant is. for a whole weekend. Like, exactly, you have a miserable time. So I will say I have implemented that breathing. Like in, in, when I teach fitness class, if I get the vibe that, well, I've actually experimented with it. If, if it's, like, a really good, like, every, I'm jiving, I'm connecting with everybody, we're having a good time, we're, like, bantering throughout the class, and 
well, we, I always finish our, the classes with a stretch, and um, at the very end, I have experimented that kind of breathing. Mm-hmm. And if we've had that kind of class, people burst out laughing, like, at the very end. It's you say, we're going to do some laughter yoga at the end. No, I don't even say that. I just say, we're going to try a type of breathing where, where we... We, to push out the air so we can get more oxygen, we're just going to add a little chuckle at the end, and I demonstrate for them, mm-hmm. and then we all try it, and everyone starts laughing. The horns and stitches. Oh, yeah. I don't even have to tell them it's laughter yoga, because um, sometimes sometimes premising that it's laughter yoga makes it sound like you're part of like a little cult or something. Sure. So, um, if it's just a breathing exercise yeah, yeah. that involves chuckling at the end. Exactly. Then that's not a big deal, right? And I think that proves the premise, right? Yeah. That, that you're not... These people aren't going in... Under the assumption, hey, this is going to make you all crack up. Yeah. It, it shows you, these people, yeah, they're in a chipper mood, or else you wouldn't do it. Yeah. But if you do this exercise, people in their natural instinct will start, we'll start laughing. laughing. And I have tried it just to experiment where the class didn't go well. Like, I felt like I was not driving, I was not connecting. People were, like, looking like they didn't want to be there. And I, I did that at the end. And I've kind of had both scenarios where it's like, it just didn't add anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people still, but sometimes uh, people walked out with like a little like that was weird, but they're smirking now kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and even if it has no no net positive impact, you can just be like, well, no net negative. I, I, you learned a new breathing exercise. Today. Exactly. Take it or leave it. Yeah. The worst case scenario is they walk out of there thinking that was a strange way to end the class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're chuckling. Off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a firm believer. Um, I don't know if it was in like the leader in me or some book I we read in a teacher in service, um, but there was something that really resonated with me, which is you choose your own weather, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. In life, emotionally speaking, and I know that's a, right. a little bit of an oversimplification because obviously mental health um, is a real thing, and um, also if you're dealing with really stressful situations or um, you know you're dealing with grief or depression or the, you know. Some you can't just be like, well, I'm going to be happy today. However, I do think that you, if you relate positively, generally speaking, to the people around you, that you can kind of trick your brain into having a happy disposition yeah. and trick your brain into relating more positively to the things around you. Um, and it sounds as though laughter yoga may be a way of uh, choosing your own weather. That it's I think like, it... I'm going to do this and I'm going to make myself happy today. Yeah. And... It's, I would I would say you're absolutely right, and I would I would reframe that as a as one tool in the toolbox for choosing your own weather. I, I think I view that I, I I'm I think I'm I think we're probably on the same exact page actually, but I think the way that I view it, I might use different words. Like I feel like you are not always in control of the weather you're in the, in the moment, but you are always in control how you respond to it, and sure. the way you respond to it can then influence your weather. Yeah. Like. Like if you're in a down, like if something happens where you are, your weather is feeling down and you implement the laughter yoga tool, you might be less down. Yes. Yeah. Or you can make that conscious choice. If you make the conscious choice to regularly find a silver lining, despite how horrible the moment is, you might have a a less horrible moment. Absolutely. And and I think we all kind of have a baseline for our happiness too. Yeah. And it's like, so yeah, maybe if you are, you know, an Eeyore kind of person who it's always like... (laughs) Well, yeah, you're right. You're probably going to be, if your happiness graph will be a little lower, but you can make it higher than what you usually are. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and, you know, some people on their happiest day are still less demonstratively happier, happy than you are on a, on a bummed out day, right? Because you have such a sunny disposition, but 
you can still like bring up your own mood yeah. relative to how you typically are. Yeah. If yes. you embrace certain things and certain positivities. I, I, I think that's a perfect way of putting it. Thank you. Dan. Yes. Um, before we move on, the only, I, I don't have much um, frame of reference for laughter yoga. The only <laughs> thing that I can remember in my brain uh, about laughter yoga is so Tosh.0. I used to watch Tosh.0 really. Oh. Um, which Daniel Tosh, I think, is in Savannah tonight doing a show. Are you um, serious? Yeah, one of my uh, wow. Ghost Pirates buddies was like, Oh, yeah, I'm seeing Daniel Tosh on Saturday. That's pretty um, cool. Yeah, so he's at the. Uh, well, I'm honored you chose to do the podcast with me instead of book a ticket. You know what? I. Maybe he'll be out downtown. Who knows? Um, but, uh, but doing a redemption videos, doing redemptions <laughs> to uh, drunks on the street. Yeah. In um, but uh, when he would go into commercials, a lot of times he would just do like a a video that was hilarious in ten seconds, and he'd kind of set it up. I mean, and now watch this crazy lady fall down, and they showed some YouTube video, whatever. Um, there was one where he cut to like a laughter yoga video and it was just like this straight white haired lady just looking into a webcam wearing <laughs> and like cackling and it was kind of ridiculous with the minimal context uh what it was. Right. But a little creepy. <laughs> that was ten seconds of my life and not seventy two hours of it. <laughs> um, you missed out. Thank goodness for small favorite. I wish I could have been there. So before we do the next thing, I just want to, the Mac went to screensaver. I just want to make sure it's still recording. I think that'll be wise. Um, it's time for an ad break. What, uh, who are we, who are we sponsored by this week, David? Um, we are sponsored by, um, by gr just granola. By granola? Just all granola. Do you like to snack, but you hate flavor? Well, have I got wonderful news for you. We've got a product on the line that has been uh, in existence for about 8,000 years. It's called granola. What's it made out of? Eh, oats? I don't know. But, I, but if you mash it together with honey into a bar, it can make a pretty delicious treat. Um, and if you just eat a handful of it, you can... You can swallow it and then be like, I need to drink something because now I have the driest feeling in my throat of all time. Granola! Available at a Whole Foods near you. Use promo code CC Podcast at the end of checkout. Yes, at Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> to receive 100 cents off of your granola purchase. By the way, um, I don't... Uh, if you listened to the previous episode, I guess, um, a, a reference to that, you made that joke and it completely went over my head that you were referencing the people who split hairs uh, over nothing. You, you're like, it's not a dollar, it's a hundred cents. In, in real time, I didn't get that at all. And then I was listening back and I was like, man, I just really blew through his joke like without even acknowledging it. But I can tell that doing. that went over your head and I didn't want to like... Make a thing out of it. Yeah, every once in a while, just, yeah. it just gives me a lot But I, I, I actually, I love how you caught that joke in retrospect. <laughs> I was listening back in editing, and I was like, oh, he was doing the I'm not tired, I'm just fatigued, or yeah. whatever. Bit. Not a dollar. It's a hundred cents. Yeah. A yeah. hundred cents off your granola with promo code CCB, what was it? B O B D C C. At checkout. At checkout. 
tell your cashier and she will give you one dollar off again, and maybe even a funny look maybe even a funny look and if she doesn't again i will make it up to you with love um so before you pull from the hat um i kind of would like another drink would you like Run it back with the same thing, same ingredient. I'll do the same ingredient, even though I did like. Yeah, I'll just do the straight shot because I did like it. I liked it without the mix more. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Or we can do both again. Is that what you're thinking? Well, I was, I was using the shot glass as a measuring implement for I how see. much to pour in. I'll have what you're having. Oh, that is a lot of pressure. No pressure. You know what? Let's do let's do this round. You know what? Here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. Happy medium. We're gonna go no cola. Okay. We'll just do... Uh, just ice. We'll just do neat. Neat. Okay, I like that. Um, then we'll do another. You could probably just pour it straight in there. Yeah, I know. What, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> John, I was afraid John Taffer would come in here and yell at me for over-pouring or something. Like <laughs> you need three seconds on the pour. Did you, ever, did you ever used to watch Bar Rescue? I didn't, so that reference didn't go over oh, my head. Oh, man. Bar Rescue was my, was my show. Every once in a while, I will be in a, a bar, Twinkies, um, and think to myself how much John Taffer would eviscerate the place that I'm sitting in. Like, <laughs> how, how do they think they can run a business like this? They don't even have menus or, like, <laughs> there was, like, a bar that I was in that, like, a, a killer clown from outer space clown, like, coming out of the ceiling, and it's like, yeah, there are probably three people who really, really like this, and everybody else who comes in here is, like, mortified by <laughs> what you're seeing. Um, that is, yeah, that's not bad. Not bad. All right. All right. Time for our next next topic. topic. Here we go. We got a lot of good um, tangents from that first topic. We did, yeah. Laughter yoga really took us down some corridors. Hypnosis and... Yeah. Okay, this one. Um, holiday mascots. How, okay, so like the Easter Bunny, Santa Claus? Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Those kinds of things, okay? Okay, you first. So, um, I would say... I was probably on the later end of still believing in Santa Claus. Okay, I was too. How old were you when you found out? I don't know exactly how old, but I can tell you how I found out. Do you remember which grade you were in? I would guess probably like fifth. Dude. Or sixth. I was fifth grade. Really? Yeah. You know what? That's a good That's a good age. Yeah. I think if, if you're younger than that, you have like parents that are like and, and this is not an insult to those parents i think that like those parents that are like i'm gonna be really real with my kids i'm gonna be know? honest with them. i'm gonna be honest with them which which is maybe a more modern take mm-hmm. um of being like i'm gonna be straight up with my kids all the time um i think they probably found out in like third grade second grade stuff like that so and then the good boys like us <laughs> i'm one, well, i'm wondering I'm, so i'm wondering if your case is similar to mine because I, you and I are both the youngest of three by quite some years. Uh-huh. In my case, my brother and sister found out when they were before fifth grade. Like, my sister was maybe third grade, my brother was maybe first grade, something like that. But my brother's six years older than me, my sister's eight years older than me, and they had a mission of making sure I believed. That's awesome. See, you know what? It's very possible that that was that that was in play in my household. I'm not sure. Okay. I I, I couldn't say one way or another, but that's very yeah. interesting. I don't. Well, I do, let me re-say that. I don't know if it was like their mission, but they were dedicated to not breaking the news to me. And they were they were at the very least accomplices. They were accomplices because 
So this is a trick my parents played on me and my siblings. So if you have siblings, older siblings who make you think that Santa's real, and if your whole family makes you think that Santa's real, it doesn't matter what your what your fellow ten year old friend says because it's like your brother is older than you. Yeah, like of course yeah. he's real. Yeah, but um, so so my family would take me to the window and they would hope that an airplane would be flying by that had a blinking red light and they would tell me that it was Rudolph. Freaking brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Great parents out there. Steal that idea. Steal that Great idea. idea. Like, look, Rudolph's out there. All right, I, I interrupted. No, you were sharing fine. your version. You were no, sharing your fine. story. Um, I will say, I do remember a time of people being like, no, Santa's not real. And me still being like, no, I believe. Yeah. I believe you. You're wrong. Maybe not for you guys anymore. Because yeah. you don't believe anymore. That's why you're getting cold. That's why you're getting cold. <laughs> That's why you're getting nothing. Santa stops coming to your house when you stop believing. Yeah. Duh. Obviously. Obviously. The the little bell from Polar Express was still jingling <laughs> for me. Um, but I unfortunately had a moment of empirical proof that... You witnessed it. Well, there, there was no, like, me walking in on my dad dressed like Santa or anything like that. But here's what happened, okay? So, in my household, uh, we had one present from Santa, and our stockings were from Santa, okay? okay? And then the other presents were just from Mom and Dad. You know, that's fine. Um, oh, no. And so what had happened was, my mom what was... What had happened? What had happened was that my mom was super excited about a present that she had gotten for one of my sisters. And so she showed me, like, in October, oh my gosh, Benji, look at this thing I got at the store today. Like, won't, won't Kelly think that this is the coolest I thing? I know where this is going. And then that ended up being her Santa present that year. And I remember on Christmas morning, <laughs> Kelly opening that present, Kelly, my, my sister, opening that present, and me just turning and looking at my mom like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I knew about that present. You showed me Did that present. Did you have a moment at all where you thought, oh no, Santa got the same thing that my mom got? I, my, 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 I would assume that, that um, I was already probably teetering in my belief of gotcha. Santa at that moment, and that was enough to be like, all right, okay, it's, I'm it's done. done. I, I, don't need to, I don't need to hang on to this anymore. <laughs> Um, it was a, a dwindling belief. Do do you um do you have a moment of reality of your? So I, it it wasn't like that. It was slightly different. But so before I share that, the, I did have an oh no moment. Probably like a year or two before I stopped believing, which was and I, I knew nothing about technology and computers. But my brother was getting a my brother got a computer for Christmas, and we we similarly Santa would give us like a small handful of gifts and then also the stocking and then everything else was from family. Um, but one of the gifts my brother got was a, was a computer from Santa, but my parents gave him the monitor. And I thought that they were the same thing because like the boxes looked similar. Like both boxes had a monitor and a computer and like, and I didn't know that I thought the monitor was the computer. Yeah. You know, sure. I, I never knew that. As a kid, how do you know? Yeah. I didn't know that. Com so I was like, I had the moment of, Oh no, my parents didn't know that Santa, Santa also. also got him a computer. They wasted money because I didn't know that they were separate. You know, I thought, I literally thought my brother got two computers that year. And, um, but then like probably two years later, um, maybe it was even the very next year. I just remember being like, 
I think I had just been thinking and reflecting like, okay, a lot of my friends don't believe. And like that computer thing was a little like suspicious, like, cause they explained to me that a computer and monitor were different. And I was like, wait, you've been communicating with I was Santa? like, do they like talk on the phone? Like, <laughs> did they coordinate this? There is no part of Santa lore <laughs> yeah. where he is having these interactions. Oh, hey, Olga, you want to go have these on the <laughs> for the chest? So family? that, that moment I really thought about, and I, I just remember walking downstairs. It was probably like Halloween or Thanksgiving. And I looked at my mom and I was like, mom, is Santa really real? And she looked at me and she goes, David, I think it's time I tell you. Now that you're 20. Yeah. You're <laughs> now that you can almost drink legally. <laughs> she said, so my mom was very um, clever with it because she phrased it in a way that she was only partially deceiving, which I guess is kind of true. Like she was saying like, I think it's time you become part of the secret Santa club. Oh, uh, well said. Yeah. Now. And she said, she said, the the spirit of Santa is real, and he's based off a real person, Saint Nicholas, who would go around and give gifts, and he, you know, leave things, like, I forget what he actually did, but he would leave things in strangers' doorsteps or whatever, which sounds kind of creepy in modern time, but, <laughs> but, uh, but basically she said, she said, so he, he, the spirit of Santa is real, but the way that you know about him is not, and so, but to keep the spirit of Santa alive it's important that we don't ruin the spirit for people younger than so she like, like we are all santa we are all part of the secret santa so she made it part of like this you have graduated into the secret club now yeah and at te- the age of 10 i was like all right cool. <laughs> and, and it keeps you from being the kid who goes to school and yeah. ruins it forever ruins it for the, the even nerdier kids Exa- who still believe, right who still don't know cuz you don't want to be the first kid that like ruins that it ruins it for someone else. Else. exactly but ruins um that kid but I do remember the very next year in sixth grade, because um, it had only been a year since I found out, I remember in a class, one of the teachers, the, the teacher in sixth grade talked to all of us as though we all knew, which mm-hmm. makes perfect sense by sixth grade. But I did I did pull one. I rarely pulled jokes and pranks in class because I was terrified of getting in trouble, but that was one where I felt pretty confident. I was like, he's not real. <laughs> and the teacher froze for a moment. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we all know Santa's not real. Yeah, exactly. And then the one kid that actually was like, "Wait, he's like, what?" Oh, he did, he didn't speak up. Homer <laughs> Simpson's into the movie. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering, okay, what what connect what parallels can you draw to the story of Santa with what is actually happening? Right, like so. Santa doesn't actually fly out on reindeer. Mm-hmm. Reindeer are kind of represented by the car that drives. Um, and, like, there are no elves, but there are child laborers in China. <laughs> that's hilarious. That, that built your iPhone, that's right? That's, that's true. So, so it's like the elves are kind of real. Yeah. They're just not... <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. They're just not on the North Pole, right? <laughs> right. right. Um, they are on the other side of the planet, though. Yes, they're on the other <laughs> side of the planet. And, and your parents just happen to be the jolly people who uh, represent yeah. Santa himself. Yeah. Um, I, I, think, I think that's right. The parallels are, like, the elves are just a bunch of other people who make the stuff for the people who actually deliver the stuff. Yes. Yeah. The Amazon guy is probably the closest thing to Santa. Here comes Amazon. Here yeah. comes Amazon. Is that a thing? Um, I think the Holderness family wrote that. Okay. Parody. Yep. Shout out Holderness Shout family. Shout out to the Holderness family. Maybe um, we'll have them on the podcast one time. Yeah, come on. Come if on they're the lucky show. enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
If they're listening, why are they listening to this? They, you know yeah. what? Holderness family, get on the horn. Yeah. Um, but so my dad, your dad. I don't know. This using the term manipulative <laughs> has a very negative. That's a fun con- intro. Has a very negative connotation. He was very good with with child psychology with us growing up, with my okay. sisters and I growing up. Um, he would do it in your best interest. Generally speaking, yeah. I would say so. <laughs> um, and he was known to invent um, mythical characters for events that were not spoken for <laughs> in the mythical character world. Okay. Okay. So in my family growing up, in addition to the Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny, we also had, I, I can think of at least two off the top of my head. Um, we had the Birthday Frog. Oh, which the birthday fun. frog would visit every year around your birthday, um, and leave you like a probably about approximately five dollar value gift on your windowsill outside of your window. Um, so you, when on your birthday you would wake up and check your windowsill for a present from the birthday frog, um, which I guess you know if you think well, it's a fun lore. Yeah, like one of the and, and it. The, the purposes of Santa, right? It's like, one, keep vibes great around Christmas. Two, he's watching you. You know, be good, right? Yeah. Um, it kind of accomplishes those goals around your birthday. And, you know, yeah. my birthday being in May, that kind of, that Far was an away extra from month. Christmas. Exactly. Yeah. That was an extra month of me acting. Hey, you better watch it. The birthday frog's paying attention. Don't you want <laughs> uh, a king-size bag of Skittles on your uh, windowsill, you know, in your birthday? Birthday frog's paying attention, you know? Um... So we definitely have the birthday frog. Uh, and I, I'm like, again, I'm guessing about my own child psychology because I don't really remember a time being like, well, the birthday frog is absolutely not, is absolutely bullcrap. I think that that was probably way before Santa Claus that I was like, all right, you know what? This is not so real. So you had like I'm gonna tears ride this out. of like not believing in one thing, but still believing in another. You would have tears yeah. of that. I caught the tooth fairy one time. You did? I caught the tooth fairy in the act. Um, I don't know if I ever blew up my spot, blew up the spot to my parents, but there was a time that I had, uh, that I caught my dad, like, when I was falling asleep, like, trying to slide his hand slick under my pillow, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, so I I caught that one in the act, but again, I don't think I blew up his spot, because if, with the Tooth Fairy, it's not like Santa Claus, where... Like the presents are gonna come no matter what. If you believe in Santa Claus or not, yeah, like, yeah. But like, if you if you out the tooth fairy, you're not getting it anymore. Like, <laughs> you're gonna stop doing it. So it's like, all right, well, I'm gonna ride this out, you know. Yeah. Um. So I, I did catch that. Um. <laughs> uh. Like Easter Bunny, I think it's probably. I, I would guess that Santa was the last mythical creature for me yeah. to check off the the belief list, right? Yeah. Um. But the other <laughs> mythical character, this one, I, this one was made Wait, for before the you child. say that okay, one. I have sure. a question because sure. you have a very musical family. Yes. Did your dad write any birthday frog songs? Ooh, man, I don't know. Or was it just the birthday song? It was like that was the birthday song. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, the birthday frog wrote "Happy Birthday." Yeah. <laughs> Duh. Um, I'll have to ask my sisters on that one okay. and, uh, and see if there was a birthday frog anthem. <laughs> there, there might be. If there's not, there should be. We're gonna, if you want to write the birthday frog anthem. That could be one of our music videos, man. The birthday frog anthem. <laughs> that, that's a great idea. Yeah. We can do like a, 
introducing the world to a new creature that you should care about yeah the birthday frog the the elf on the shelf is relatively new so the world is receptive to new creatures yeah so we'll write a birthday frog song (laughs) about the birthday frog (laughs) his origin where it comes from Kids can watch Here it. Here comes and buy. birthday frog. You know, <laughs> same, has the same prosody. Um, uh, you know what? That's a great idea. I have to write a birthday frog anthem if it doesn't already exist, which I will check. Okay. Um, so you had another mythical creature in your family. Yes. Um, this one was a little bit more nefarious and impish. Um, <laughs> he was. He was. I believe designed for the middle child in our family. Um, <laughs> it was the most ornery. Very goal oriented with this creature. <laughs> Very goal oriented. It was. <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing just thinking about what. It's all that laughter yoke has got me. In <laughs> it's got you in a um, giggly mood. Uh, we had the vacation squirrel. <laughs> the vacation squirrel. <laughs> the vacation squirrel. <laughs> would, um, he'd watch you before a vacation was going to come. Um, to make sure that you deserved to go on the vacation. <laughs> and, oh, I know, right? Did, okay. Was there ever a time when the middle child was not allowed to go on a vacation? I, I think it was all bluster. I think it was, <laughs> there, there was definitely no backing up. Just like nobody actually ever got coal. Right, right. I guess maybe some people probably, some people might have gotten coal. Yeah. But there was sure never the, a moment the universe, where, there's someone... But the threat was that the vacation squirrel would come the night before a vacation and whisk you away up his tree, and then the rest of the family would go on a va- go on the vacation, and you would have to stay in the tree with the vacation squirrel until they came oh back. Oh my, can we please make a vacation squirrel song? <laughs> <laughs> so wait, hold on. In, in, is this, um, this vision that you have here, are these two separate... Songs and Absolutely. Videos. They need to be separate from each other. <laughs> they need to introduce the world to the birthday frog and also the in vacation a separate, squirrel. separate video uh, introduce them to the vacation squirrel. <laughs> yeah. The vacation squirrel is just so perfect. It doesn't really like roll off the tongue like Easter Bunny and birthday frog, but I wouldn't change it at all. Like it's hilariously good. <laughs> it's a random enough critter. <laughs> the vacation squirrel. Um, if... if we we should do a podcast sometime that has my my dad on it as a guest. Brilliant. Um, and he can go can, into deeper detail. We can talk about the origins of the of these <laughs> characters. In fact, they're coming. He could be in those music videos. My my parents are coming uh, down next weekend. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh! If you guys aren't doing anything, maybe maybe they would be receptive to doing something. But um, I would love to see them. Yeah, they're they're pretty cool characters. Yeah, and, they are. Um. At any rate, uh, the only other, like, I don't think we had any other creatures, but we did have in our um, ether was the Winer Diner, where that was where you'd go if you didn't like the food that was being served for dinner, was you could go to the Winer Diner where they served dog poop soup. <laughs> so I think it was that a might mythical have been, place. That one might have been really, enge- that one was probably created, the term Winer Diner was probably created by dad, and then the... The details were probably really fleshed out by my older sisters on that. Mm. Um, he was like, come up with something. God, yeah, <laughs> whatever. You, have, you can have my rubber stamp to just approve whatever you want on, on that. Um, yeah, do, did you have any things that were used uh, as cautionary tales or you know what? behavior um, modifiers? No, I, I, I don't recall having personally... Like, personalized to our family mythical creatures or tales but 
I will say um, that my wife's family was big on, like, sharing extreme stories to get you to not do something. Like, this probably wasn't a real example. Now, your, wife, your wife's family, are they... Um... Like from, are they from like Kentucky or something? <laughs> They're from Moldova. Oh, okay. Small... So we're, we're dealing with Eastern Europe here. Eastern Europe. Yeah. Okay. So like, they, so they would be very Eastern European in their stories. Like, like this is, this is a, in the spirit of example, but maybe not an actual example of my, what my wife got. But like, if, if Lucia's mom didn't want her to go in the street, she would say something along the lines of, well, last week, um, someone from the town next door, their kid went in the street. Died. <laughs> <laughs> Just like fear-based yeah. stories. <laughs> so moral of the story, don't go in the street. And so there was no factual basis. These weren't actually based no. on real things that happened. No, no, that didn't actually happen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like if there was anything almost like the step on a crack break your mother's back yeah. type of thing, but like all the time for like it, that was the way to not get kids to do things like you know last yeah. time that a kid asked for a toy at the store, they were immediately abducted and never seen again. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that would be a totally normal like Okay, well, I'm done. I'm done. Like I'm not I don't want to get abducted. Do you think that there were any lingering effects? Have you noticed any um Um, well, she's terrified of going into the street and buying toys. So crippling. <laughs> <laughs> you die. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what i always wonder is yeah. like these things that are just you know ultimately they're behavior modifiers for kids yes. you know do what kind of lingering effects do they have i don't yeah. think that fear of the vacation squirrel has caused me any uh adverse effects but who knows i mean who you knows? never know who i could be president right now no i couldn't not legally but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i could be on a path you could to be, be on track to being right president now, it's clear that you're not on that path right now clearly, clearly <laughs> because would. of the vacation squirrel <laughs> i imagine there are more <laughs> listeners to this podcast right now than there will be voters for me on my presidential <laughs> run <laughs> oh my gosh but you know that's so for my family I'm trying to think if there was anything else um I, I don't think there was any other mythical things besides just, like, the, the standard, what was out in the culture. Sure. Um, but, yeah, no, so, no. But here's, here's one thing I'll add to this conversation, though, in the spirit of mythical creatures. Um, I got close to you and your family through Easter. That's true. Um, I became, like, a surrogate Easter relative through our college years. You would invite me to your house for Easter, and I would refer to your mother as my easter mom and your dad as my easter dad and a little surrounding yeah. context yeah. uh david does have a family that loves him however <laughs> uh his family lived in san antonio texas at the time and you went to school in ohio so something like a three-day weekend uh, wasn't worth a trip all the way back to texas correct but it was for me i was going to be going home over easter weekend do whatever Easter festivities. I think my parents, even even long after the Easter bunny was not a thing, may may have still been putting together Easter baskets. We dyed eggs every yeah. year, and that was kind of like I think that's when we both found out that the Easter bunny wasn't real. It was in our <laughs> freshman year of college. <laughs> we saw my mom hiding baskets. She got caught in dinner, <laughs> dinner tracks. Like so, first you're telling me Santa's not real, <laughs> and now the Easter bunny. Um, but. We, we always got very competitive dying Easter eggs in my household because we've got a lot of creative people, a lot of as a, a lot of hams, mm -hmm. a lot of real show offs, um, and so we'd like be rummaging throughout the house of like outside the box ways to make our eggs super awesome. Like we were like melting melting wax droplets of crayons on like we weren't just like drawing in crayon. We we're like 
melting wax on it to create negative space. And, like, (laughs) I remember, like, one time my sister, like, figured out a way to, like, graft a tie pattern, like, like a neckties pattern onto an egg. Uh, Amazing. Yeah, it was, it was, we we always got pretty competitive with that, which was pretty fun. Well, I do remember over COVID, you, your family virtually invited me to join that Easter egg competition. That's true. That was, that was a fun way, that was a fun way to do Easter over COVID. Yeah. And my family did not gather over COVID at all. Wink, wink. 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 <laughs> um, uh, I, you know what? That Easter, that would have been like kind of on the back. The tail end. It, it would have been like a year after. Gotcha. I think, at the time. No, no, I guess No, it I think been, it was right. I think it was like oh, a two months okay. after we Oof, oof. Um, you're right. That would have been early enough in COVID that it we was like didn't. like two months into it. We didn't know the danger because yeah. COVID was like St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Yeah, we, we didn't know how bad it was yeah. yet. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. But we did know that zooming in was, was a well, thing. Well, so, I, so I think it was when shutdown happened, it was presumably there was only like 10 people in California with it, and it was still mostly in China, you know? Yeah. So like there was a lot of people who were like, well, even though we shut down, it's like it's not here yet. You yeah, know? and that was also when Trump was like, yeah, we're gonna have you in church by Easter. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Two Your church to flatten the curve. <laughs> you're gonna flatten the curve by Easter. Yeah, it's gonna be fantastic. The best Easter of all Easters because <laughs> I am your president. Um, that's a pretty good impression. Thank you very much. Yeah, you been, have you been that. practicing, or are you just natural uh, at impressions? I, I, I won't say I practice. Like I don't sit at home and like I'm gonna do a Donald Trump right now. Or yeah, yeah. Do, But like you're not I've like a classic. Times, and, yeah. Like where students will be like, "Hey, can you do an impression of blah blah blah?" And I'll try and you know in those. What moments. other impressions can you do? Off the um, cuff, do you, can you think of any off the cuff, or is that tough? It's tough. I can kind of laugh like SpongeBob. Ah, I'm ready. Um, That's pretty good. Thank you. Um, it, it it is much harder. It's like when somebody says, "Sing something." Like, uh, yeah, you, you, you need like something more specific. Okay, can you do Gollum? Master Chuck's Labatus, Lhalter of Mobile Platters. So if you can do Gollum, you could probably do Stitch. Malman Stitch. Ohana means family, and family means no one that's left behind. Can you do any one? La, 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 la. Oh, that's the next yeah. one. You go up your throat as you go from Gollum to Stitch to Elmo. Okay, Elmo, okay. Elmo's world. Ha ha ha. That tickles. <laughs> Can you do Kermit the Frog? Hi ho, Kermit the Frog here. Yay! Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? I'm impressed right now. I didn't know you could do so many impersonations. Thank you. Yeah, I think. I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like they're, four they're all is, very whack. It's four more impressions than I thought you could do. Miss Piggy. Oh, Kermit! Ah! I love you, Kermy. <laughs> so, oh, and now I want to. But okay, I need to bounce it back to you because I would guess you, you've never flexed an ability to do impressions. And I know how accent. I, I, I don't know how impressions would be for you, but I, I do it. know how accents go for you. <laughs> and and they're not they're not the greatest. I'm glad you said it. Yeah. Um, not, I'll I'll echo what you. I will use your words. They're not the greatest. According to David Chesworth. Yes. Sorry, I kept saying This is true. Um, So with accents, as I said in the first podcast, I tend to, like, I might get one or two words that are, like, pretty good, but I always, like, devolve into either, like, a Russian or Arabic type blend. Yeah. Yeah. 
Rarebic. Um, yeah. Oh, okay, so it's impression time with David. Okay. I'll do my best. I'm gonna throw some impressions to you. Throw now. some on me. Okay, how about uh throw Christopher? How about Christopher Walken? Um <clears throat> I'm trying to you know oh, that's horrible. I'm doing a horrible Christopher Walken right now. <laughs> it's horrible. There were some inflections that I got, but I don't know that anyone would be like, oh, that was Christopher Walken. Yeah, you know what I think? Is he in the room right now? How about um, uh, uh, Peter Griffin? (laughs) I I think I would have known who you're talking about. Lois. Uh, (laughs) What's for dinner tonight? It does help if you incorporate other main characters from the show. Yeah. You know, it pulls in the context. Um, hey Brian, you're an idiot. <laughs> Freaking nailed it. Okay, um, all right. Okay, how about um, what about Squidward? Oh no, that's pretty good. SpongeBob. What about Arnold Schwarzenegger? He's the easiest to do. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, David. You're right. He is. <laughs> Get to the chopper! <laughs> you know what? Yeah. B plus for sure. Okay, B plus. Okay. B plus. B plus impression <laughs> skills. Okay, thank you. How the heck did we get to impressions? Where did I don't this know. Come from? You started impersonating Trump about COVID oh, Easter. Oh yes, yes, yes. And so we had, uh, yeah, we zoomed you in. Can you for, pass me the alcohol for for COVID Easter. COVID Easter. So um, okay, so um, do you have anything else to say about mythical creatures? The, I have one more thing. All right, I want to hear. That comes it. to mind, which is. I remember one time being at I'm a mall here in so like both access it. beautiful. Um, I remember being at a mall in like Myrtle Beach or something. We were on vacation, and it was over over spring break, and the Easter Bunny was at the mall, much like Santa Claus. Oh, um, trying you know having people sit on his lap, and I remember. Being at an age where I had no belief in the Easter Bunny being real. <laughs> I don't think I was crazy old. I think I probably still believed in Santa. But I was like, the Easter Bunny's like in my mind. Um, and my dad really wanted me to go like sit like to sit on the Easter Bunny. I don't know if it was like a photo op kind of situation or what. And I remember just sitting there as like a nine-year-old being like, is All right, dumb? I'll tell you what candy I want, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, re- I remember being like, crackles. I'll probably get it. <laughs> I'll have I crackles, just... I guess. Um, I'm sitting on some weird dude's lap right now, and, and I don't outfit. really care for it. At least Santa doesn't have the anonymity of a giant mascot helmet. You know? Like, yeah. Like, Santa, you're, you're looking in the dude's eyes no matter what. Right. Um, this th- Who knows? Who knows with the creepy mm-hmm. Easter Bunny... Uh, mascot head style situation they've got going on. So I've got a couple questions for you based on that. Sure. One, did you when you would go to the mall, would you think that that was the real Santa when you sat on his lap? When when you believed when in Santa. I believed in Santa. Yeah, I think there was probably a suspension of disbelief that I would have believed. I don't think I was ever talked into the these are Santa's accomplices who listen on his behalf which is a reasonable story to to pitch your kid that which is the story i got and believed yeah, yeah. which really they're just on teams you're on team santa now yeah you're in uh you got to keep the secret and i'm in the secret santa secret. club they're like if santa is like the uh the pope they're like cardinals or whatever yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. 
They're high ups in the organization. (laughs) The made men in the Santa organization. You come to me. (laughs) That was a C plus act. Okay, (laughs) a C plus (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) But you knew what I was referencing, at least. Which is why it was the plus. Yes. It was average plus. (laughs) Okay, follow-up question. When was your... Have you ever been to Disney World? I have, yeah. What was the youngest age that you were at Disney World? I want to answer this by going into another um, light manipulation <laughs> that happened in my childhood. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Um, the youngest that I went to Disney World, I was probably 11 or 12. Okay. Um, and we went to Magic Kingdom. We one day went to Magic Kingdom. Gotcha. So this question probably won't apply to you, but I remember going to Disney World younger than that and bef- before like i still believed in santa the first time i went to disney and um, could remember going to disney i will ha- i have to say there was never a time where i believed that the characters at disney were actually like i knew they were actors always yeah. like yeah. i never i never thought they were real but i know that some people do like oh, i got to meet snow white you know and you have a family member who ended up being yeah my my sister my sister became a lot of it, she was mostly the princesses, like, later in her career, but she started off as, like, Pluto and Buzz Lightyear and, like, those fur characters. Yeah, so. So did Buzz Lightyear, so I guess, so Pluto, obviously, you would assume, is wearing a, a hat. A hat, yeah. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't know if Buzz Lightyear was just, like, a dude wearing a Buzz yeah. Lightyear suit. Well, when, I don't know if they're still doing it, but the, obviously, at the time my sister did it, it was a suit. It was a, a, like a full-blown, yeah, like, a similar to Pluto. Sure. Um, but um, there might be certain shows, or maybe the costume is different now, where it's like it's the real person's face. But because yeah. like think, Gaston or yeah. whatever is just going to be a beefed up dude with fake muscles or whatever, exactly, um, and with real face. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I I don't think I ever. I mean, as as I said, I was a preteen when I went. Yeah. Um. So I certainly wouldn't have thought that they were the real creatures at the time. But I do have to tell you this. Yes. Um <laughs> When I was a kid. There's an area I don't know if it exists anymore um, called Downtown Disney. Yeah, that's like it a still little exists. shopping area. Yeah. I didn't know if it became that like Disney Springs or whatever. What, what well, it might be called something different, but it's still there. Okay. Yeah. So we were. They just called that Disney World for us. Really? <laughs> <laughs> we, were you disappointed? We were of we were of li- of meager means uh, growing up, and. Um, we would go to that every time. So, so my grandparents were snowbirds in Orlando. So we would go were you, visit them. Were you them. into rides as a kid or did you not care about rides? I was into rides. However, we had Cedar Point really close to where we lived. Gotcha. So honestly, like the first time I went to, I went to quote unquote Disney world, real Disney world. The oh, you were probably I disappointed. I, I was like, yeah, these rides are like they're cute. They're they're kind of cool because it's like you're going through a, a movie, mm-hmm. but it's not like you go to di- if you've been to Cedar Cedar Point or Carowinds or not even Farm Universal or, or Universal. It's like those rides dwarf any from Disney a, from a thrill standpoint. Yeah, anything. Yeah, you don't go to Disney for the most thrilling rides. Yes, it's it's for the immersion of it, right? Yeah, uh, the fun of it. Um, so I don't think I was disappointed in that regard, and it's one of those, if you've never been to actual Disney World, how do you know any, like, you don't know. Yeah. You just think that's what it is. Okay, cool. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I think that that was probably fessed up about, you know, by the time I was, like, nine or whatever, but, 
and, and perhaps that might have been a situation where my sisters were accomplices to keep me placated into not actually wanting to go to Disney World. To be like, oh, we're at Disney World. See? We're here, yeah. There's a Disney store right there. You can go in and shop for Mickey Mouse ears or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was another little uh, thing that we were told as kids. <laughs> That's um, clever. Yes. Uh, do you have anything to add on um, holiday mascots? I have nothing else to add on holiday mascots. I think I think I've exhausted my uh, memory of it. <laughs> do you want to do one more from the hat? Let's do one more from club? the hat. Yeah, I like that idea. All right, one more from the hat, then debate club. And I'm I'm I have to say I'm I'm a little I'm I'm nervous about debate club from the sense that I feel like you're very good at debating something, even even something that you might not actually believe in. I feel like you are really good at finding points. So I'm ex- I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it but also nervous. Well, okay. I I think you will do excellent. You're being humble. Uh, we'll see. Um your fast food all-star combo meal made of items from various restaurants. Oh, okay, wait a minute. So I have to take items from so like 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 a burger from as an example. A burger from Burger King and a side dish from Taco Bell. Is this yeah. what you mean by okay? Absolutely. I, obviously, Benji wrote this one. Um, okay. Oh, interesting. Okay, so I, I think I would take curly fries from Arby's as my side. Ooh, a week, a week, uh, curly fries from Arby's. Yeah, oh, you don't like those? That's like we're your goaded fries. Only You're... fast food, right? We're not talking like any restaurant. Just sure, fast food. Yeah, I would say if we're if you couldn't dip into like. Um, Red Robin or anything like that. If, if I can't or I can? You cannot. It okay. ha- I would say it has to have a drive-thru for okay. it to be considered fast food. Oh, okay. Well, then, in that case, let me take... Let me... let Because me, Panera Bread has a drive-thru. And as you know, I worked at Panera Bread. At the mall. That's <laughs> at David, the mall. Panera Bread. Molitor. Panera Bread is David's favorite mall restaurant. <laughs> he is person one of one who thinks of Panera Bread as a mall restaurant. Hey, I think anyone who worked at a Panera Bread in a mall would also... Be in the same boat. Okay, hold on. Rewind. I, I, I think Panera Bread is fast. We're referencing casual. our first episode where um, the the topic was mall restaurants. I think. Or, yeah, I think it was just like stuff at the mall. And we were mall. talking about restaurant. And you had asked what my favorite mall restaurant was. Expecting Auntie Anne's or Orange yeah. Julius or like the Chinese restaurant that gives you little like yeah. little samples on a toothpick. And I go Panera so- Bread. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. I don't think we can include. I, I think Chipotle, so it, it has Panera to, Bread, uh, Five Guys. Maybe we can allow because so Panera Bread's out. I think Panera Bread's out. It has a drive-through, but we'll say it's out. We'll That's say it's fast out. casual. Okay, okay. Why don't we do this? Let's establish what's in. Let's maybe let's take four or five fast food restaurants and, and use that as our base. Okay, I think if if it features a burger, so Burger King, Wendy's, if, McDonald's. Hardee's, Hardee's, Rally slash Checkers. Is Taco uh, Bell in? Taco Bell's absolutely in. Okay. KFC's in. KFC's in. Like, it doesn't have to feature a burger, but I'm saying that if it does feature a burger, it's probably, probably, probably. in play. Yeah, what would not... Uh, Long John Silver's? Okay. Okay, so my, my answer's probably You gonna... know what... Fa- like, I, I feel like we're defining it, but you know, like, okay. if you start getting into fast casual... We can call well, flags. Well, I had to clear... Well, because you eliminated Panera, and it's technically fast food. Would you say Starbucks is fast food? No. Okay, well, that's out. Okay. 
They don't, I think have, I, a, they don't I, have a grill. I think I see where you're going now. It's got to be greasy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So, I think this is going to probably be... You're probably going to have a more impressive choice than me because th- this is not... This is going to sound like I'm arrogant or something. It's going to sound like I'm something dis- like distasteful, but I don't have fast food very often these days. Sure. Um, so... But Arby's curly fries. I w- So, I think I would still... If I'm going for fries... Arby's curly fries. That is your favorite fry in from the a fry fast, game. From a fast food. My favorite fry is actually going to be a sweet potato fry from like a nice sit-down restaurant. Okay, sure. But if I'm limited to fast food. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to have the curly fries from Arby's, but I'm not a huge fan of their burgers there because it's like, just like, I don't at know. At Arby's? Yeah. They have burgers at Arby's? They're not, re- they're no, they're just like, they're just like meat sandwiches. Oh, like you're talking like the roast beef. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay. I like, yeah, yeah. I, I certainly, it wouldn't be like it's okay. on like, my all-star have, meal. Like, I have it, but yeah, it's not on my all-star meal. But yeah, curly fries and then probably just like a double Whopper from Burger King. Double Whopper's hit. Yeah. So I think with double cheese. Whopper with curly fries, with cheese, yeah. And, um. Calories don't count in this meal. Yeah, calories don't count. Yeah, I mean. This is just my all-star meal. Okay. So, and then in terms of a drink, I would probably, if I have to have a drink as part of the combo, I'd probably just do like a high C fruit punch or something. I think you're allowed to have another side. I think, I two think sides? for this, you, yeah, we want to incorporate as much as possible. We can get two okay. sides in there. Okay, mix. two sides. Oh, boy. Okay. This isn't a side, but this is going to be like a, a double entree one side. The McGriddle, the breakfast. Okay, item. sure. I, I'm down for this. Yeah. I don't know that I would pair it with those things, but in this in this scenario, I I just I lo- I really like the McGriddle. What protein are you throwing on that McGriddle? Sausage. Sausage. Okay. Yeah. Sausage, Sausage McGriddle. Sausage McGriddle. Is it, it's a. It's actually called a McGriddles. Is it really? It's not weird. Like, oh, it the is. Plural, okay. The plural is built in. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm like 99 sure that the product registered trademark name is it's a McGriddles. Sandwich. Isn't wow. that weird? Okay, so I haven't. So we've got again, this is going to sound air, like an arrogant thing. Pretentious. But pretend, pre- there it is. I haven't had them at Griddle since Bowling Green, since Cal- I, but I would get them all the time at Cal- Like it was my favorite breakfast item, um, and I would go back and forth between bacon and sausage. And when I, wor- I worked at a Taco Bell, my favorite item at Taco Bell was the Crunchwrap Supreme. I. I'm kind of bummed that you kind of you took that one. I think that one might have been on my that one might have been on my. Let's pretend I didn't say that. No, 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 no. It's not on my all-star list. Let's recap. Let's recap. So we've got curly fries, curly fries from Arby's, a double whopper, double whopper. Your extra side is uh, a McGriddles, which I think is fine. And then my my second helping of dinner is going to be a a Crunchwrap Supreme. Supreme. Yeah, and um, what beverage you can you could get a. High sea fruit punch. High sea fruit punch, as found at the fountain at McDonald's. Yes, um, I'm not a big soda person, so that's why I would go with the high sea fruit punch. Ab- absolutely, I think I, I certainly couldn't disagree with you. Yeah. Um, and what about like a dessert? You can have one dessert. I okay, too. a Fast dessert. dessert. I would probably do, um, gosh, a milkshake from Cookout. Oh. Yes. Yeah, yes. If you're cookout. not if you're not fortunate enough to live, which which most of my life. I lived not in a cookout world, you know, yeah. in the Midwest. And I, I I discovered cookout, like, probably in my college years mm-hmm. uh, on a trip down here. It's insanely good. It's I insanely, love cookout. It's insanely cheap, too. Yes. It's like, it's like the only real fast food, I think, in terms of prices these days. Honestly, yeah. yeah. I have to, like, talk myself out of going just because, yeah. it's like, if I went all the time. I'd or, like, if I'm not, if obese. there's not a cookout in the area, but there's a steak and shake, I would do a milkshake from steak and shake. Sure. But... 
ultimately with the extensive amount of uh, milkshakes that Cookout offers, it's very much like up to par with Steak and Shake. Yeah. This podcast brought to you by Cookout. <laughs> if you're not from a place that has Cookout, yeah. move. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So what what milkshake would you get at Cookout? Well, I'm a sucker for Oreos. I think I've told you this before, but Oreos are probably my my weakness when it comes to junk food. Like, I, I, my my uh, self control is is the weakest if there is Oreos around. It, it, there are times where I've been able to have two or three and stop because I was I felt satisfied. But then there have been times where I've had multiple sleeves <laughs> of Oreos. So if Oreos are involved in the milkshake, I'm having it. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And and so if you get if you get you get two mix-ins. So you get Oreos like Oreo hot fudge. Yes, Oreo hot fudge. I think that's a that's a strong play. Strong Very play. strong play. Yeah. So okay, I'll try to make mine. Uh, let's recap yours again. So we got your main <laughs> double whopper with it's cheese. It's a very well balanced meal. I think it's fantastic. We got a double whopper <laughs> with cheese, a Crunchwrap Supreme. On the side, we've got a sausage McGriddles and Arby Cur- Arby's curly fries. Washing it down with a high C, and for dessert, we've got an Oreo and hot fudge cookout. As Buddy the Elf says. A um, getting all the essential food groups in. <laughs> <laughs> candy, candy canes, candy canes. Yeah. Sure. Um, so if anybody wants to DoorDash David an ideal lunch right there. There it is. There that it would is. probably be my lunch and dinner. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you also leftovers. won't eat the next day. It'll exactly. Be <laughs> And I might be in a bathroom for a while. <laughs> I Honestly, I I love I love McGriddles. Okay. I, I do. But it's it's like the only fast food item that it's like this is guaranteed to be a stomach bomb for me. Yeah. Um. Like people talk about how t- like like comedians will talk about like Taco Bell. Oh, Taco Bell. Yeah, you might as well be on the toilet. I've never had, had a problem. Never had a stomach problem from Taco Bell. Okay. But Mc but ta- uh, but McDonald's breakfast. That's pretty consistent. Bomb. It's like <laughs> I need to have an exit it's... strategy if I'm if I'm committing to good to <laughs> McDonald's know. breakfast. So do not send that to Benji on an important day. <laughs> if I've got like a job interview. That's got to be a Sunday gonna... for him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you know what? Then I can just watch football on my phone. Yeah. From the toilet. There, from the toilet. <laughs> um, I, okay. So my, my all-star meal, and I'll try to, I'll try to come up with things that are different. Most of the, like, I would agree with you. Double Whopper with cheese could be my answer for that. Yeah. Um, there also is a really good burger that. I think it was limited time, but they kept it around a lot. There was a pretzel bacon burger at Wendy's. I think they called it like the pretzel bacon pub burger, whatever. Wow. It was really, really good. It's got a pretzel bun bacon, um, as the name would imply. Um, so I'll put that as my main. My okay. main main. Okay. I do think I got to do a Taco Bell main as well. Um, I Cheesy gordita crunch. Hits pretty hard. Can't, um, yeah. So in, in lieu of a Crunchwrap Supreme, which also is... is okay, fantastic. so if I didn't say that... I probably would have said it. You would, okay, gotcha. Um, but we'll say she's going to crunch. Just to be different. Just to be different. See, this and, is an example of how he can commit to an opposing viewpoint. <laughs> this is a warm-up here. <laughs> um, but I love Taco Bell. Yeah. I, I'm not going to deny that. Um, okay, wait, can I just tangent really quick? Sure. So I worked at a Taco Bell in college. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. And for reference, with Bowling Green... There's Bowling Green, Ohio. Bowling Green, Ohio. Not Kentucky. 
Bowling Green State University. There's the main campus, and then there's the downtown with the bars. Exactly halfway point between campus where people, where a lot of people live and the bars is the Taco Bell. That Taco Bell was the highest grossing Taco Bell in the United States for many years. Yeah. It might still be. I don't know for sure. And it was like the walking dead in there. Yes. It was like it was, just zombie people It was open till 4 a.m. And, I, and I, worked, I worked that shift many times. In fact, people on the camp, on BG campus would recognize my face and say that I was the taco guy. Because uh, <laughs> you're like, you're the taco guy! <laughs> what a way to be remembered. Yeah, I was the taco guy. So because I, would, I was only the cashier. I never made the food. I was the cashier. I was the friendly face. And I, uh, so anyways, um, I, uh, there's a specific memory I had that is so bizarre that I feel like, I don't even know if I've told you this. If I've told you this, let me know, but I'll still share it because the listeners haven't heard it. Um, there was one guy who was more than drunk. He was definitely on probably a few things, one of which probably was a hallucinogen. He orders his food, and it was ready for him. He comes up, he goes, where's my food? And I look at him, and I look to the right. I see his bag, and I look back at him, and I'm like, it's right there. And he looks at it, he looks back at me, he looks at it, and he grabs it. And then he sits down at the table closest to the cash register. I'm still taking orders, and I just, like, every now and then I, like, look over to look at him, because he's, like, he's just staring at his food. And he's got his credit card out on the table, and his food on the table. And I could see as clear as day that he was very confused. And he was looking at his credit card, and then back at his food. And then his credit card, back at his food. This had to go on for like five minutes, and I was just like, this guy's got a problem. And then, sure enough, he zeroes in on his credit card. Okay. He picks it up, and he presumes... No. no to no, no, eat no. it. No. He ate his credit card. <laughs> <laughs> and there Is so this I, chicken or beef? Yeah. So so there are there were security guards at this Taco Bell just because of the nature of it. Like it was, you know, between the bars and it, from from like eleven PM to four AM there was a security guard at this Taco Bell. He also was witnessing this. He could obviously tell that this guy was he had a problem. No crimes committed though. No crime was committed, but he was escorted out of the Taco Bell. For eating a credit card? How is that against Taco Bell policy? It was not. So I don't, I don't know exactly what happened, but I do know that the police officer, he didn't arrest him. He was not assertive. He was not abusive. But he just said, hey, I think it's time you go home. Hey, I, just, <laughs> I just watched you eat your method of payment. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's time for you to get out of here. And all I could think was, that is going to be... The most painful bathroom break the next day. <laughs> yeah. If he had one of those, like, um, I don't know that he survived. Like, chip frankly. cards, he could, like, just put his belly up to the reader. <laughs> that's it. He's like, can you bring that scanner a little closer? <laughs> so, um, so that's, uh, that's my tangent to talk about. I will pass it back to you, Benji. You're all star. That man. is a wild story. I, just, I thought you were going to say, and I would have been like, yeah, I've heard this before. I had never heard that story about that, but that people, you, you gave people their food, right? Like that yes. was part of it was like you delivered the bags way. to people and people thought that you were like a Taco Bell wizard, that you were conjuring the food for them <laughs> and they thanked you <laughs> as did. though you invented it, you slaved over it, you, because 
you were the face that gave them they're hammered coming back from the bar at 3.30 a.m. and you are giving them this bag of Taco Bell and they would just have faces of gratitude like (laughs) pure gratitude towards you singularly well that was that was a very common occurrence actually and that is I was uh, for very many regulars like the one that the one that was thanked and loved because I was the face, even though I was not doing any of the hard work, I was just pushing buttons and agreeing to their order and handing it to them. Yeah, but um, well, yeah. So um, yeah. There's a, there was there was a lot of fond memories of that Taco Bell. I felt I was like a kind of like a mascot in some ways, and I got to see some strange things. Like, did you that. ever get any dates out of it? I did actually. Uh, so I got so there was this girl who who ordered her food. And then she got back in line, and which was a common thing. People would get back in line to order, like, something to go or, like, a, a dessert or something for a friend. But I could just tell, like, the way she was, like, looking and, like, her presence was different. I was like, I think she might be into me kind of thing. Sure. So she came up, and on her rec- she gave me her receipt, and on the receipt was her phone number. And we went on a few dates. So really? Yeah, we did. And uh, I mean, we didn't really hit it off all- too great, but... Um, they were some good dates. And they had a very it, Taco Bell centric relationship. A very Taco Bell centric relationship, and um, and at the, and you know, obviously, absolutely boosted my confidence and made me feel like you know, what I was the I was what's up, you know. Heck yeah, heck yeah. I'm the dude who gives you your your quesarito. I give you a taco, you give me your number. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. that was kind of cool. <laughs> no, sorry, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna follow that line to the end. Um. <laughs> I'll let you fill in the gaps at home. <laughs> I, I give you a taco. Moving on. All right. Uh, <laughs> and you fill it in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my ideal <laughs> fast food meal. Okay. We're back pre- to your all star meal. We got, we got a pretzel bacon pump sandwich from Wendy's. We've got um, uh, uh, cheesy gordita crunch from Taco Bell. Side dishes. Dude. If you haven't had them, KFC fries really? are incredible. Really? Rally's fries might might have them beat, but KFC fries are really, really, really good. I don't know that I've ever had KFC fries. They're like, um, I think that they like batter dip them mm-hmm. wow. and then cook them. They're, they're very good. Well, I might have to go try them. Yes, if you're ever... If they're that good. Honestly, like I would every once in a while... Uh, because I usually will, like, if I get fast food, I'll, like, order off whatever restaurant's app because they usually give you rewards points or whatever if you do it that way. That if KFC was on the way, instead of getting fries at wherever I was getting my my meal at, I would order the fries on KFC's app and my meal from somewhere else and then just pick up the KFC fries on the way. Wow. Um, Because they're really stinking good. Um. So I'm going to put that as one. Brought to you by KFC. Brought to you by KFC. <laughs> we have many sponsors in podcast episode two. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and many non-sponsors. Many non-sponsors. Um, granola I, being our biggest sponsor. <laughs> granola. <laughs> we're really pushing big granola. <laughs> we're, we're in big granola's pocket. We're in big... Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. We're basically puppets. Basically puppets for big granola, yeah. Um, another great side dish. Ooh, here's one. Here's one. Okay, I'm ready. Hush Puppies from Long John Silver's. Wow. Yep. Yep. I like Hush Puppies. Yeah. Wow. Hush Puppies from Long John Silver's. Especially if you have like some of the extra flakes of fried 
you know, like fried batter that sits in the bottom. That, that. So, okay, so side dishes, KFC, um, KFC fries, Long John's, Hush Puppies. Sometimes, if you're lucky enough, you can find a, lo- a combination KFC, Long John's, and then you can get them both in the same tray anyway, uh, which kind of rules. Okay, I have a question for you. Fast food is on the table, but it's not restricted to fast food. It's any restaurant ever. It could be like a local one-stop shop. It could be a chain restaurant. Could be My guess food. is that this question is being asked with an answer in mind. I yourself. have an answer for myself. Yeah, yes, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Exactly. But okay, so uh, yeah, I mean, that's why I'm <laughs> opening the door because be, bec- because I have pretentiously not had fast food. Okay, actually, I have a comment to make about fast food. So I used to have it all the time in high school and college, and I used to love like McDonald's fries. Like they yeah. weren't my favorite fries in the world, but I loved them. They they are pretty consistently great. Yeah, yeah. But I, I have to say, recently my wife and I went on a road trip. And we did stop at McDonald's because it was convenient, mm-hmm. and um, we got burger and fries. And I think I've been so spoiled with non-fast food fries. I was very, my memory of the McDonald's fries was greater than my experience of the McDonald's fries. That's that's very interesting because I would have thought the opposite. I thought I would have thought that it's like you'd forget how good McDonald's fries. No, are. it was the very. It was actually like I. My thought was I can't believe that I used to love these because yeah. it was very. There is a thing that if you if you have your taste buds your your taste bud preferences can shift. Sure. So like because I haven't had fast food in a while and I've had like I've had other uh, I either eat at home more often or I'll eat at like sit down restaurants more often um and I'll get like f- like freshly made fries. Um I think my standards for good fries are just different than they used to be and I'm like, "Huh. I I I thought to myself I could do without these fries, you know? Yeah. And I actually, on the way back from our road trip, we stopped at um, a Burger King. It wasn't McDonald's, but stopped at Burger King. And we're like, we don't need fries. We'll just I would say here. Burger King is one of the places where you can I skip would the fries. Feel, even I would feel that way yeah, towards Burger King fries. That's like, yeah. Um, but my, okay, so that was my tangent. My question is, if you had to pick one restaurant that you could, oh, there's only one restaurant, period, that you could ever go to, which restaurant is it? <sighs> okay. One, it, one restaurant. It could be super high end. It could be super high end. Yeah, let's remove money as a factor. Like, let's just say money is irrelevant here. It's it's a, it's purely about enjoyment of food. Okay, what about like a like a Ruth's Chris Steakhouse or something? Yeah, like it that? could be that. It could be it could be whatever you want. Yeah, money's not a factor. Okay, well then I'm gonna say a Ruth's Chris <laughs> Steakhouse. <laughs> okay, and I will only have like a, a tomahawk steak that costs. Ninety dollars, or you know, like, I mean that that's a pretty easy answer. I would say okay. I would say a maybe not Ruth's Chris, but like a high end steakhouse. If money weren't an issue, I love steak. Like, By the way, that's a very awkward n- name for a restaurant. Ruth's, Ruth's Chris. Chris. <laughs> yeah, is there an apostrophe? Is it is it R U T H apostrophe? Yes. S? Yes. And so. Is Chris really is he really simping for Ruth? Is that what the situation is? That's like, which I don't Chris know. Like, is, it? is is Chris belong to Ruth? That that's what it, you have to assume, you right? You assume that. Who? Which Chris are we talking about? We're talking about Ruth's Chris. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about just any Chris. Not that bachelor Chris yeah. who's always out on the so prowl. Like, weirdo. So like, is Chris the chef, or like, is Chris the guy, and Ruth is like the funder, like, like or the the. Uh, 
you know, the money person. Maybe Ruth is the money person and Chris is like the 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 talent, you know? Like it's Ruth's Chris, you know? <laughs> Which Chris are you talking about? Yeah. Ruth's Chris. Yeah. Yeah, I you know what? Yeah, is Ruth the the one who's really pulling the strings there or yeah. is Chris in that dynamic if if Chris belongs to Ruth, I think Ruth is the one wearing the pants in that relationship. I think so. Even if Chris is the namesake, yeah. And outside of the mind puzzle of who's really who's really pulling the strings on uh, that franchise, the name does not roll off the tongue at all. No, it's <laughs> Ruth's, an, Chris, it's, Ruth's Chris. It's a big effort. You know, it requires energy. You you always feel uncomfortable when you say it. Yeah. Where, where did you go to get that steak, David? Ruth's Chris. <laughs> Okay, so my answer is probably not going to be known to, like, almost anyone listening to this. But there's a place on Hilton Head Island, which is, we live near Hilton Head Island, called Char Bar. And it's got some of the best burgers that I've ever had. What What would be an example of one of their burgers that sure. is of note? I usually make my own, but they've got... Wait, that doesn't seem... You could do that here. No, no, so, so <laughs> let me phrase that. On their menu, they have a build-your-own. Like, you pick your ingredients. Gotcha. So that's that's what I mean by that. But, like, so, like, pretzel bun would be the bun of choice. Okay. Wagyu beef would be the meat of choice. Sure. Um, then I would have their standard toppings, like tomato, lettuce, you know. But, and then um, pickle, stuff like that. Um, but then there would be, like, the, they've got, like, a, a unique sauce that they could put on it. Various aiolis. Yes. Which I found that aioli is just fancy for mus- or for mayonnaise. They've won many awards for their burgers. They're really? very known for having some of the best burgers in the area. So if I could, if I was told you can only eat at one restaurant, I would eat there. Not just because of the burgers, but they also have a wide variety of other things to get. But I would go there just because I know that no matter what I'm going to get, I'm going to enjoy it and I could have a variety of things. What's this place called again? Charbar. We'll go there. Char-bar. I'll take you there. Okay. Charbar. This rest or this uh podcast brought to you by Charbar. <laughs> Charbar. Charbar, Hilton Head Island. Do you like a Wagyu burger on uh, pretzel, pretzel bun? bun with various accoutrements? Well, Charbar. And they've got sweet potato tots that I love. What? Sweet potato tots? Tots. Do they put powdered sugar on them? I don't know. I have I they might. They might. Is it a, is that a does it come out savory or or, or sweet when you get a sweet potato tot. That's a good question. Let's find out together. You know what? We're going to Charbar. Stay tuned for episode three. Benji the and I will follow up. Maybe we can go there with your parents. You know what? That would be a good idea. That sounds like a wonderful idea. Let's do that. Yeah. Charbar and get that. Those burgers do sound pretty. I think you're gonna pretty I, doggone solid. You might say to me after I don't know. I can imagine Benji looking me in the eye and say, "David, I don't know. That's the best burger I've had in my life, but it is probably up there." Sure. You'll probably say something in that ballpark. I anticipate that it will ruin all other burgers. For me. <laughs> that I will never have another burger again, other so, than from Charbar. Here's one thing I will also say: there's there's Charbar when it was a standalone business, and Charbar when it was bought out by. Um, oh no! Now it's corporate fat cat Charbar. So it's still very good. It's still very good. But I will say it was bought out by a local um, investor group who owns a lot of the restaurants around here. And to cut costs, I'm sure they did things to change some ingredients. So it's it's not as good as it was at its best, but it's still very, very good. 
I don't know if I can support corporate yeah. char bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, big restaurant. Big <laughs> restaurant. Big burger. It, which um, is actually owned by Big Granola. <laughs> so maybe we should in go In fact, char bar used to have its own <laughs> organic non-GMO granola. Um, okay. But no. I'm still finishing my meal. <laughs> Okay, sorry. No, no, no. no you don't tangent. have to apologize for a tangent. That's wonderful. Okay. Um, I just, I'm, I'm going to forget. Okay, hold on. So we got... Uh, Are those pretzel, pretzel pub. My socks? Yeah. Yeah, three-stripe life, nice. bro. That was a weird tangent. Sorry, go ahead. I had a student who... What wore, happened to him? <laughs> I think he's still alive. Okay. Um, <laughs> he wore all Adidas all the time. He was brand loyal wow. to Adidas. Like shirt, pants, socks. Always. Glasses. If, if he was wearing a brand name... It, it was, was Adidas. Adidas. He was about the three stripe life. This podcast brought to you by Adidas, Adidas. and Adidas socks. There you go. Um, do you like having multiple stripes, but not four? Because four is excessive. <laughs> three is the right amount. Three is the right amount of stripes for your socks. Um, so he's brand loyal. Very brand loyal. Um, and I would I would joke about it. Like if he was every once in a while, it would be like extra like you would see like he was wearing an adidas t-shirt underneath an adidas windbreaker or something like that it's only a matter of time before he gets like a tattoo on his butt of adidas absolutely he might already who knows (laughs) um yeah as a teacher you would not know i would never know um uh but i'd be like what up maddie three stripes or whatever (laughs) and he would usually try like he never seemed embarrassed about it or anything like that and it's funny because he never seemed like a kid that was like super into the clothes he was wearing he just freaking loved loved wearing adidas like he must have just shopped at the adidas store at the uh, outlet malls or whatever so benji if you could only go nike or adidas which brand do you go i I mean we are sponsored by adidas but let's forget that for a moment if i had to be exclusive that's tough i used to wear a ton like i used to buy most of my shoes adidas okay um but i i kind of wear a lot of nikes now i'm currently not right now but like um <clears throat> the shoes that i have out there are nikes um i think you're what you're saying is michael jordan is better than anyone else because he's sponsored does by adidas <laughs> have a does adidas have like a i don't know actually they probably do they probably I'm do just, i'm outing myself for not being a real sneakerhead right now Let's go Adidas. Know. You know what? I like the three stripe. <laughs> I like I like the Adidas. It's like I I wear brand name, but I'm not gonna go full sellout and be Nike. Yeah. I, Are you calling I, Michael Jordan a sellout? Yes. Look, just because you're freaking from Chicago, you, you're from Jordan land. I'm from LeBron land. That's man. true. We so, literally are. Uh, so Jordan. I got no love for Jordan. I mean, I don't hate Jordan. But, yeah, but you love LeBron. But. Whereas I don't hate LeBron, but I love Jordan. Sure, exactly. Here's the thing. But I watched LeBron. Play. I grew up. I grew up in Chicago when Jordan was like in his peak. Yeah. And when Space Jam came out. I bet that was huge. It was huge. And was the like, sequel to Space Jam. The, there's not sequel, but the remake. Yeah. Stunk. Which you which Stunk. has is nothing against LeBron at all. It was just horrible writing. It was bad. Just yeah, bad. LeBron had no issue. Like it was not his fault at all that it was a bad movie. Yeah, if if LeBron would have been. In the original Space Jam. It would have been a great movie. It probably would have been equally. It would have just been Exactly. The same. It would exactly. Been the same. I thought the direction they took the second Space Jam was bizarre, and I didn't... I just didn't... It just didn't like it. Yeah. I think it had potential to be very good. But it was like... What was it? The algorithm guy or whatever? Yeah. Like... Yeah. Here's what I will say. Because I feel like... I will say sequels are hard. Like, sequels of, like, 
timeless movies yeah. are hard. Like, um, there's so much expectation for it to be good. Whereas, like, the first Space Jam, there was no expectation. It was just good. You it know? was just a one-off at the yeah. time, yeah. I have to... I will say about the second Space Jam, I respect the fact that they didn't want to just repeat the first one. They tried to be different. Because sequels often get criticized for being like, it was just the first one with a different character. Yeah. They were older. It was They're the same relying plot. on the same jokes. Yeah, same jokes, yeah. same plot. They tried to be different. So I will give them... Because, yeah, I will give them credit for that. But then I also understand that sequels, if they're different enough, they'll be criticized for being so different that it was like nothing like the first one, you know? Yeah, that's it, true. Sequels are hard in that way. Okay, so yeah. um, I'm going to give you a multiple choice. Okay. Best sequel of all time. Okay. Out of? The following. Okay. Godfather Part 2. Okay. I haven't seen any of The Godfather, so I can't comment on that. Okay, so we're going to assume you don't answer the A. Okay. okay. A's out. B, The Dark Knight. Okay. C, The Empire Strikes Back. Mm. D, Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Squeakquel. Empire Strikes Back. Oh, man. It, it, I will say a very close second is the Dark, Dark Knight. Knight. Dark Knight, yeah. man. Dark Knight. Empire Strikes Back, though, because... Similar... For similar reasons as The Dark Knight. They're very... They're very dark movies. The yeah. well, Dark Knight is, very, is, is a darker movie. I will say that. But I, what I like about The Empire Strikes Back is that it, it ends unresolved. I really, it's not common that a movie ends where the heroes are kind of disadvantaged. Yeah, and, and you knew there had, like, like, there had to be a third movie. Yeah, exactly. There, like, it, it's not just like, a, oh, I bet there's got, like, at the end of The Dark Knight, it kind of left you with a, I bet there's gonna. Yeah, right? it's like, the third one is like, okay, way. well, when's this gonna it happen could go either for way. Star Wars? Yeah, exactly. See, I, I, what I, I think what's so great about Empire Strikes Back is it's it's not common to see a movie where the heroes are so beaten down. It's it's not a ha it's not like by by any definition it's not a happy movie. It's it's a it's a this is the struggle movie and yeah. there's no result resolution. And I think it's it's unique in that way and it's it's yeah, I I think it's just such a it's one of the greatest movies I think ever. At best in that movie, when the when spirits are highest, they are on Hoth. Yes. Which looks like Michigan. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. That is best case scenario in yeah. that movie. They're cutting open tauntauns yeah, exactly. to survive the cold wall that's coming their way. Exactly. And there's I I think I think I'm a huge fan of character development. So there's a lot of character development in that with, you know, with all of the characters, like the, the heroes and the villains, mm -hmm. right? You learn a lot about them. They, they, they change, they evolve. It's unresolved. It's, it's, it's not a happy ending, but it's a, it, it's a somewhat hopeful ending, but still like a lurking in the darkness ending. And you, I think it's, it's just rare to see that. So I like, I think it's, that's my favorite. Of the this also might be a foot into the door of debate club. Um, okay. I, I still have to finish my fast food meal, but, yeah. um, the dark Knight is tied for my favorite movie. I, I like just objectively not even talking about sequels. The dark Knight is one of my favorite movies tied for, which was, what's your favorite? What's the other one? The Shawshank Redemption. Gotcha. Which I'm biased. That was filmed in my hometown. Yes. Um, which but, is pretty cool. Which is pretty rad. Yeah. Yeah. Like having been to the prison, you know, several times is pretty cool. Um, which, you know, that makes you biased, but that movie also, even yeah. if I weren't like biased. Like I'm biased towards MJ and you're biased towards LeBron. Exactly. For but even if I weren't biased, 
The Shawshank Redemption is incredible. It's a great movie. Um, here's my argument for The Dark Knight. Okay. Pa- you- Before you give that argument, I think that this is a good warm-up to Debate Club, but it shouldn't be Debate Club because this is our, these are our real opinions. That's true. Whereas Debate Club will be, like, not necessarily our real opinions. Very, very good point. Okay. Very good point. Go okay. So The Dark Knight is the best sequel because it is the... Like, like Empire Strikes Back, nobody is like, oh, yeah, I'm a huge Empire Strikes Back fan. That movie rules. They will say, Star Wars, I love Star Wars. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? The Empire Strikes Back, which is a very reasonable take. I think you you laid out a very credible argument for that take. But nobody's like, nobody is a standalone fan. Oh, my gosh, I saw The Empire Strikes Back. What a banger of a movie so, without the context of the first and third. So what you're saying is there are people who exist who could care less about any other Batman movie but love The Dark Knight. Sure. But you're not going to find someone who could care less about any other Star Wars movie but love Empire Strikes Back. Absolutely. Okay, I'm yep. following you. And, and and I... Maybe I'll, I'll resist that take a tiny little bit and say, if you like The Dark Knight, you probably like Batman. However, I think there are plenty of people who love the movie The Dark Knight without caring about Batman Begins or The Dark Knight Rises. That's a, that's a fair point because you really can't appreciate Empire if you haven't seen A New Hope. Correct. And and frankly, you would feel very unresolved if you didn't see Return of the Jedi. Yeah, you would. You could you could watch The Dark Knight and but, be like, I, that was awesome, having never seen Batman Begins and with no intent to see The Dark Knight However, Rises. just to push back a little bit, sure. You, th- your question was very specific, best sequel, I think it's implied that a sequel requires a sure. movie before it. I think that's totally fair. Okay. That's totally fair. And that could be, if we're saying, which is the best movie that is a sequel? Yeah. The answer might be The Dark Knight. And if you said, <laughs> which is the best sequel in terms of it building off of what the original created, which is what a sequel is designed to do, the answer probably is The Empire Strikes Back in that yeah. regard. Because, you know, The Dark Knight, it's like... It's almost like Batman Begins is a prequel to The Dark Knight. Right. And then The Dark Knight could stand alone. And then The Dark Knight Rises is like a sequel to The Dark Knight. Yeah. Um, which is kind of a weird situation that it, it's like that. But I think that if you really think about it, it kind of is that way. Like, that's the meat and potatoes of that storyline is mm. The Dark Knight. Where I think the meat and potatoes of the Star Wars original trilogy is A New Hope. And Empire Strikes Back is a sequel to that. And yeah. and so I think I can agree. I, I think I can justify both answers for their own. Hence why right. Benji's going to be really good at debate club. <laughs> <laughs> and so my favorite meal built out of <laughs> Where this all started. 45 minutes ago. Um, is, uh, <laughs> okay, so we've got pretzel bacon bun burger from wendy's uh uh, pretzel bun bacon burger from wendy's is that a thing yeah pretzel david (laughs) pretentious david over here this was wait hold on we we, this is the at least the third time that i've said this is it really yeah the pretzel pub burger i may have had one too many um it's really stinking good Okay, um, I believe you. I'll have to try it. As I said before, I think that it was maybe limited time, and then they made it not limited time. So i got to try the pretzel bun burger from Wendy's and the fries from KFC. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, Added to my bucket list. 
but not bucket list fit. I'm gonna yeah. start a I'm gonna start a company called Bucket List Fat. That's no way. <laughs> Which will be my competitor. <laughs> be your I have a I I'm starting a company called Bucket List Fit. So. Yes, where you can achieve all of your fitness goals. I'm actually um, in the process of trying to get a six pack through his program, and you know but what? But you're also conflicted with your bucket list fat program despite, that you've started. Despite what I'm saying, I have been uh, you know trying to be pretty loyal uh, to that and trying to you know get get jacked um however uh i would uh, the my my other main was the cheesy gordita crunch which by the way they make a cheesy gordita crunch with the doritos locos taco inside extra good okay um sides kfc fries hush puppies from long john silvers okay so i made it kind of far through this drink high sea fruit punch is great and honestly this is i my first thought for drink, I had to be like, ah, crap, I can't say this because I ridiculed David. My drink combo is from Panera, <laughs> <laughs> which is the, the fruit, Minute Maid Fruit Punch, Sprite, and Mountain Dew as like a suicide kind of, oh, shoot, they're going to demonetize me for saying that. Um, <laughs> demonetize. Like we're making this money video, this. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they still One let day. us put that up. Hopefully, okay, if we get demonetized, that's a compliment because that means we're... We are relevant enough to be considered demonetized. Yeah, I'll have to bleep that word. We can bleep um, it. What was word? A mixture. I'm going to make a beverage mixture of fruit punch. What word did you use? Shut up. I'm not saying <laughs> it. Um, uh, a beverage mixture of half a cup of fruit punch, a quarter cup of uh, Sierra Mist, and a quarter cup of Mountain Dew. So good. Um, and then, Sierra Dew Punch. You nailed it. Um, and then at uh, Panera, they have little lemon wedges, and I'll squeeze a lemon wedge into it. It's, it's pretty okay, awesome. Okay, so if we're including Panera now, I would also... No, we're not including Panera. I'm going to say that at a, at a um, KFC, you could probably make that same thing. Okay. Or, or Taco Bell or any of the <laughs> places that have Mountain Dew. We're, not, we're discontinuing uh, Panera for this. Uh, and then for dessert... <laughs> How convenient. You you kind of nailed it with the with the cookout milkshake, but I'm gonna say Culver's. Okay. Culver's has really good they call them concrete mixers. Basically they're like flurries, but um, made with frozen custard. And I would get like a Reese's and Brownie pieces with chocolate base. Freaking incredible, dude. Wow. It's 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 a... Uh, it's Sounds a real delight. Vegan. A real delight. Real um, delight. So that's going to be my fast food thing. Um, and I, I kind of tried to boogie through that because I'm seeing that we are like at two hours right now. That's okay. Uh, People, we are so not listened to that people true. have already chimed out at five minutes in. And, and look, uh, David, you and I... We don't do a lot of like prep for this. We had very brief yeah. conversations about like, hey, what are we gonna do on this one? How long? Like, like, okay, our first one was about two hours. Like, do we think that's the right amount? And what you said was, you know what? We'll just kind of go as long as we feel like we're going. Which yeah. is that's the whole point of all this, right? These it. are the yeah. conversations that we have and if, anyway. And in post production, if there's something that we're like, we can pull pull that out, we will. But I probably won't. I probably won't. Okay, okay. So I want to go back to Empire and Dark Knight just briefly. <laughs> okay, sure, sure, sure. This is going to... Now, this, this, now that I said my fast food thing, this is going to be a great segue okay. into Debate Club. Okay, but we, we'll still do a different topic for Debate Club. Of course, yeah, yeah. But um, 
th- this this question I think fairly is separate from which movie do you think is better? Okay. It's a it's a that was question A. This is question B. Which movie do you think had a bigger impact on pop culture? Between Empire and Dark Knight? Yes. It's a very good question. A very good question. I think you know the answer. I don't I don't know that I do. Oh really? Because what is the, you're, okay. you're being really smug saying that Empire thinking that Empire I am being is the very obvious smug. answer. Yes. However, you also have to put yourself in the position of the state of the Batman universe in 2008, which was, okay, we had like the Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney Batman movies in the, um, you know, going through the 90s, early two, or late 80s, or through the early 2000s. Um, I guess not even early 2000s. The George Clooney one would have been late 90s, right? Um, and that's not like a super high stock for Batman. Batman Begins was a good movie, but it wasn't a cultural phenomenon or anything like that. And now it's like, it seems like every six months they're making a new Batman movie. And I think that, um, I think that the movie The Dark Knight really galvanized the Batman fan base. Probably kept I don't the DC universe alive. There weren't they weren't really cooking out superhero Superman movies that were any kind of good. Which I will just to tangent in a slight way. I will say that Superman is a tough story to make good. He only has one villain that of any like like well, without Kryptonite. That, what do you what do you do? It, it, that's you're right. I, okay, yeah, Kryptonite is the only thing you worry about for him. It, otherwise, it's like you don't relate to him. You don't fear for him. He's it's gonna be fine. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why I most most DC. I don't really get into DC because their their heroes are Too generally powerful. so overpowered. Yeah, yeah. Flash. It's like. Okay, well you're going yeah. you're going too fast. They're There's either no... overpowered or just like totally no power, like Batman. Which is why I love Batman. Yeah, Which, I agree. And and frankly, I think it's where like like I know that the Marvel universe existed like like long before they started making Marvel movies. Yeah, but I felt like the first several Marvel movies, you know, like when it was like Iron Man, Hulk, Captain America, yeah. they were very grounded. You you could you could imagine a human villain killing Captain America. Well, the thing that was so... So I would put Hulk in a similar category, not the same, but similar category as Superman, but what made that story interesting is he was viewed as a villain. Sure. He wasn't a villain. I guess Superman... Superman, uh, not really. Not really. Not he, until Man of Steel or whatever. Yeah, so he was he was viewed Superman was viewed as a villain by Batman and Batman versus Superman, mm. which I thought that was kind of a good movie. I mean, it wasn't the best movie, but okay. But the fact that they were they resolved all of their beef by our mom has the same first name. Yeah, that was dumb. That was super dumb. Okay. I remember being in the theater watching that movie and being like, "Wait, this is this is the bridge." The fact that they have the same Martha is yeah. their mom's name. That's okay. Sorry. So, okay. So so here's what here's where I will agree with you. I will def I will one hundred and ninety nine percent even three hundred hundred and ninety nine. I will ten thousand percent agree with you that that the Dark Knight was a pivotal moment for DC. Yes, a uh, hands down. Do I think that the Dark Knight had a bigger impact on pop culture than Empire Strikes Back? No. And I wasn't alive for that. I was alive for the Dark Knight. Yes. And and, and I wasn't right. alive. I, nor was I. And I I think. You are probably right on that argument. If yeah. you say, 
if you say the ripple effect throughout the pop, pop culture world, y- you and would agree that a lot of people dressed up like the Joker for Halloween Absol- to the point that the myself office... myself included. I dressed up as the Joker for Halloween. Exactly. And, and, and like the office made a joke about it that like three people in the show, the office all dressed like the yeah. Joker. Um, but you are right that the introduction of Yoda Yoda and like <laughs> no, I am your father. Even though people often mistake that for Luke, I am your father. He actually no. said no, I'm your father. But Setting people the record say I'm straight. Your... Yes, on the CC podcast. No, yeah, and there, exactly. But the I'm your father reference single handedly, from a pop culture standpoint, outdoes anything the Dark Knight does. Why so serious? What I'm not. I, 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 so I'm not saying that that didn't have an impact, but I would. You know, people correctly quote "Why so serious?" That's true. <laughs> Fair enough, but I, I would guess that it, even if they came out on the same year, like if we said, "Okay, the first fifteen years of Empire and the first fifteen years of Dark Knight," I think more people have referenced "I am your father" than "Why so serious." I agree. Okay. I, I, I'm I'm debate clubbing you. Right you now, are, but yeah. you're you're certainly right on that. Yeah. And and I think if I were alive at the time, it would be like lunch boxes and like, yeah. like the marketing yeah. of it. Where I guess I don't know. Yeah. I I would in retrospect think that the um the Dark Knight had more of an adult late teenager appeal where there were kids probably watching empire strikes back true the merchandising the, uh, yeah empire is probably like across all ages yes whereas dark knight is a very specific age demographic yeah i don't think a nine-year-old would get much out of the dark Knight. they would probably yeah. very be very frightened but you're definitely not going to get any pushback from me by saying dark knight is the best dc movie and a pivotal moment for dc yeah hands down i think if it yeah. were for the dark knight dc probably wasn't going to be able to yeah. fight in the totally leagues agree. with marvel and i will say Dark Knight is a close second for like I love that movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, yeah, and and look, I when I presented those, I knew you yeah. weren't going to say Godfather Part Two. Yeah, I, I I haven't. I think I've seen The Godfather once in yeah. bits and pieces. I've never seen Godfather Part Two. I've heard it's great. Yeah, it's hard for me to go back and watch old movies. It's, yeah, it's tough. It's Same. hard for me to convince myself to go back and watch an old movie, even Same. if I know it's going to be great. I've been like wanting to watch the usual, the usual, sp- the usual suspects. I've been wanting to watch, like, it's been in my mind. I need to watch it. I need to watch it. I've heard it's great. I already know the twist, which sucks. Um, uh, Not the twist sucks, but that I know the twist. But I'm aware that I need to see it. And it's just so hard to get myself to go watch uh, a movie from, like, past generation. I agree. It's one of those things where, like, it's like working out. Starting is the biggest hurdle. But, like, I found myself watching old movies where once I hit play, I'm, I'm into it. But, like, the thought of hitting play, I'm like, I'd rather watch a new movie. And, frankly, it's like, I'd rather watch something that I've already seen and know that I like. Which yeah. I think that's coming to be the number one sign that you're old. Is that it's like, once <laughs> you you're like, ah, what you're comfortable with. I don't really need to watch new stuff. I know I like watching reruns of this show. The Office. Of The Office. How or many times did you watch The Office? I would say... I have watched the episode that I have seen the least. I have probably seen four times. Wow. Okay. Here's a question for you. Your two favorite shows. Okay. It's always Sunny and The Office. If you could, if you had to pick one that you, 
You can never watch one ever again, and you can only watch one ever again. Which one would you eliminate? Which one would you keep? It's easy. I would. I would. If if it's me personally, I would keep Always Sunny. You would. Okay. That's an easy, easy. Answer. So you've seen that more than The Office. Or you just enjoy it more because it's live still, and they're still releasing new episodes. I would say the episode I've seen the least, I've probably seen twice. Um, but in terms of consistent entertainment, like nowadays, if I put on The Office, I kind of am like, all right, I've seen all these episodes eight times, nine times, gotcha. whatever. Um, where Always Sunny, it's like I'll still get in the mood for certain episodes. Um, also, it's like I don't go into Peacock very often, where it's like Hulu, it's like boom, Always Sunny's right there for you, for you, right? Gotcha. Um, so I would say right now, Always Sunny. But I would say if I had to eliminate one from the world, I couldn't do it to the world to eliminate The Office. I think I would eliminate Always Sunny um, if I had to be unselfish. So your answer about it. for yourself is different than for the world. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, and, and even with personal feelings involved, I would want the world to be able to experience it, uh, The Office. I don't think that everyone would enjoy It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia as much as I do. I think that anybody could watch The Office and be like, and this, is a great, this is a great show. Interesting. Um, like, frankly, I would be bashful to recommend It's Always Sunny to certain friends or family members because mm. it's so crass. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like... I've watched a few episodes of Shameless, and it's like, I think Shameless is the same way where people are like, this is a great show, but you can't just be like, <laughs> go <Yeah>. watch Shameless. <laughs> like, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Um, how about you? What, what, so what are your two favorite shows? And uh, This is probably going to, well, I don't know if it's going to be a surprise to you now, but it probably would have been like a year ago. The show I've seen the most is actually an anime. Okay, which is? It's called Yu Yu Hakusho. <sighs> You've probably never even heard of it. It's, you, you, Hakusho. Have you heard of it before? No. <laughs> well, you said it like you may have been like, that's a stupid show. So, I mean, I, I did, you're right, I did. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so here's how I would equate it. I would equate it to an, like, a Dragon Ball Z that's interesting for adults. Like, Dragon Ball Z, I feel like, as a kid, it's cool, but then you go back and watch it as an adult, and you're like, man, this is like, they're just charging up all the time. They're like, it's repetitive. You're not a big anime guy, so you might not relate to any of what I'm saying. But, um... Can I say that the title, Yu Yu Hakusho, yes. to me, that reads as, this show airs at 12.30 a.m. on Japanese television, and it's like a game show. It sounds like a Japanese game show. It does sound like a game it's show. It's done for Yu Yu Hakusho! Yu Yu Hakusho! So, okay... <laughs> It Bomb? was actually, I don't know if you ever watched Toonami on Cartoon Network. Yeah. Uh, or if you, if I was very much aware of it. You were aware of it. It was mostly so anime, it was, so I heard that. That was it. my first exposure to it, was Toonami. And on Toonami, it was like the the kid-friendly version. Mm-hmm. But there's, I mean, not the, like, but then there's the the unedited version, which has, like, they'll have cuss words and, like, you know, things that are you wouldn't want to have just on, like, um, cable TV. But, I mean, it's also not like, it's not like there's nudity or anything. It's not like that kind of show. But it's like, it's, what I like the about it. The F-U-U Hakusho. Yeah, yeah. They, they would, they would, I don't think they ever used the F word, but they used, like, pretty much every other word. <laughs> pretty much every other word you could think of. Um, Did they use the D word? Which one? Did they use the B word? They used multiple D words, and they used the B word, yes. Did they use the, the- H word? Oh yeah, 
Easily. Did they use the C word? Ooh, did they use the C word? I don't think they used the C word. No C word, no F word. No C word, no F word. What other words are there? Did they use the S word? They, they used, had to use the S they word. They used a couple B words. Did they use the A word? This is fun. Yes. Did they use the Q word? Queer? <laughs> you you put that one in. I was just picking a random letter. No. That's that's on you, I, bro. I was trying to guess what word he meant. No, they didn't use that word. But um, so here's what I like about it. The I don't know if you enjoyed Dragon Ball Z or Pokemon or anything, but there's there's fun things about like the fight scenes in those shows that are in Yu Yu Hakusho, but they're not like prolonged. They're not lame. In my opinion, it's like the right amount of duration. It's like the action is good. The the character development is good. Like they don't waste your time with episodes. Sure. If that okay. Makes sense. Absolutely. Every episode has a purpose. I I respect that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And um and I found it interesting. I I I found it very interesting. The the, the here's here's the elevator pitch of it. It's a high school kid, who's really by all by all means. Just like a a jerk, he he's he 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 skips class. He he gets into fights. Is his name Yu Yu Haka? No, his name is Yusuke. Okay. He gets he he skips class. He gets into fights. He's kind of a jerk to people, and he's kind of bitter um, about the world. But his his one skill in life is he's a good fighter, and he does have a good side to him. He he rescues a kid from getting hit by a car, and he ends up. That's the start of the show, so I'm not ruining anything if you've never seen it and you think you might want to watch it. Like, in the first episode, he sacrifices his life to kill a kid. And he's given a second chance by, like, the spirit world by saying, like, look, you have a certain set of skills that we could benefit from. We'll bring you back to life if we see that people love you and want you to be back alive because you've made a lot of enemies. And he happens to have a few people in his life who love him and want him back alive. But we're going to give you these unique skills and we're going we're gonna to need you to use them to fend off evil. And so he uses them and he gets more powerful and, and um, he, he, has these, he builds these friends along the way and, um, and he ends up being, his character, to, the side of him that's good grows and the side of him that's bitter and mean diminishes. And it's, the, the way that that happens is, is really fun to watch. So, are there people who are like, dude, I saw you get hit by a bus. What are you doing still alive? No one saw him get hit by a bus. So, so some people saw him, but, but the, the answer is no. Where, like, his close friends and family didn't see him get hit by a bus, but they knew that he was dead. And when he came back alive, they were like, this is a miracle. Like, gotcha. how is he alive? So, that's the understanding of his existence. It's, it was a miracle that he's here. It's a miracle he's alive, yeah. Now, are they like, ever since he came back, he's got superpowers? So cer- only certain people know that he's got powers. He kind of keeps it a secret from people, but along the way, like more and more people discover that he has powers. Are other people jumping in front of buses to be like, no. dude, apparently getting hit by a bus gives no. you freaking amazing <laughs> abilities. <laughs> no, no. So basically, like they said, like the spirit world never expected him to do that because like the record of him was that he was a jerk and that like if he died, it was going to be for like selfish reasons, but they were all shocked that he died for like a selfless reason. So they were like, we weren't expecting you to be in spirit world. So, um, we don't have space for you right now, 
So, but we'll take you, but we'll also, if someone loves you, we'll send you back with the, under these conditions. So it's kind of like, there's, there's a little bit of comedy to it. It's definitely a little crass with like, they'll, they'll get inappropriate sometimes with words and like jokes, but yeah, like they, they, they don't waste your time with the fights. The character development's good. The The dynamic between friends is good. You know, I will say, like, there, any anime... I, I'm not a huge anime fan, but there are some that I like. There's always going to be a little bit of, like, socially awkward humor in it that's like, okay, I probably could have done without that joke. Sure. You know? Um, but it's less so than a lot of other anime. Um, and I just, for whatever reason, at the time of my life, when it was on Toonami, I got really hooked... And um, I've probably seen it four or five times. I was going to say, the episode that you've seen the fewest times... It's probably four think? times. Sure. So um, so that would be a long-winded answer to your question. Yu Yu Hakusho. And... And the second answer is probably not a TV show, because there's not many other TV shows I've rewatched. but a movie series would be Star Wars. I've, okay. There's enough movies where I think you could consider it a short show, right? Star Wars is probably... The other one where I've the least amount of times I've seen it is probably six or seven times. So the follow up question is probably pretty stupid on this one. Yeah. If you had to live without one or the other, my guess is that you would live without Yu Yu Hakusho. Hands down. Like that's uh, not even. Hands down. I would. I think. I think in terms of all forms of video entertainment, Star Wars is probably the one thing. If if you told me you could only keep one video entertainment, I would probably say the feature films of Star Wars. I would keep. Gotcha. Yeah. And another time we'll we'll talk about like power ranking the franchises or like yeah. like that, you know, Harry Potter and yeah. like whatever. Yeah. That that Ooh, we can't start that we can't, we can't start, start that at two hours and fifteen minutes. We can't in. start that now. We cannot start that now. I'm interested to that because I we'll, think we'll do that in we'll the do future. That. Okay, gotcha. Well that's a tease. Tease. Nice we'll tease. tease that for next so time. So should we go into debate club now? I think we should go into Okay, because we are getting a little bit long into this. Okay. But I do want to do this, and and I don't feel like we need to rush through this or anything like that. But if we, we would feel like we were rushing. If we kept going. If we did the power rankings of, okay. of franchises, I think. I agree with you. I agree with you. Because we definitely want to do Debate Club. I okay, think the so, power ranking franchises will do on another day. So, um, um, David these. has these cards right here. I'm going to explain. I'll explain to the people. While you explain, i got to use the bathroom. Okay, well, I will take those cards off your hand then. And keep I'll shuffle them all up. So basically, what we've got here is cards that go to a game called Would You Rather, Would Ya? And so basically, it's a Would You Rather style game. Um, however, we are not choosing which side we actually would prefer. I am going to take whichever side, whichever answer is on my side of the card. David is going to take whichever answer is on his side of the card, and we're going to argue why our answer is the correct answer to the various Would You Rather questions. For example, this card says, Would you rather be in a room full of spiders or be in a room full of snakes? Sure. If you're thinking at home, well, obviously I would rather be in a room full of spiders. I can step on spiders and then they're not a problem anymore. Um... Well, that's great, but one of us is going to be forced to take the argument of being in a room full of snakes, and, uh, you know, maybe that's not your personal opinion, but that's the point of Debate Club here, is that we are going to take whichever side 
goes to us. So basically, I'm going to flip it, flip it like this. Okay. This isn't what we're actually going to argue over. Would you rather be in a room full of spiders, be in a room full of snakes, the one that's on your side? So I'm the right, you're the so left. So you would be in on Team Snakes for this one. I'd be on Team Spiders. So um, is that the one we're doing, or we're doing a different no, one? No, no, no. This is a for example. I've already I've been uh, gotcha. debriefing on the rules here. Um, we'll say, we'll take turns on who has first opening argument, um, response to opening argument, then we can have lively discussion cl- and uh, and uh, closing arguments. I'm ready. Okay. All right, snakes and spiders are out. These Next cards one. fly really well. I'm sorry. I didn't expect it to fly that well. You just cut a hole through my wall with that card. I apologize. That's and right. I apologize to any damage to your wall and to any damage good. to... You should have damaged the roof. The card. You're right. <laughs> Right. Our first debate. Do you want to be um, first opening argument or do you want me to be first argument? You can be first opening argument. Okay, here we go. The first debate is, would you rather, my side is, win a game in front of a small crowd, yours is lose a game in front of a big crowd. Okay. Okay. Well, obviously you would rather win a game in front of a small crowd because you're winning. If, if you distill this to, would you rather win... Or lose. This is the easiest card ever. Hey, would you rather, David? Would you rather win or lose? It doesn't matter what the crowd is, and and frankly, to lose in front of a large crowd, quite embarrassing. If I win in front of a small crowd, the people who got to see me, they're going to feel like they had a very intimate view of what happened, and those people who had that intimate view of what happened saw me in a state of victory. Instead, you've got millions of people watching you lose. Good for you, David. Take it. Take it away, buddy. This is a no-brainer. Benji, would you rather win a intramurals pickup soccer game or be in the World Cup final championship but lose? Like, would you rather... <laughs> I like how the sentence... The sentence sorry, I, I can't okay, comment. I that's apologize. okay. I apologize. No, the, the point is, would you rather make... Millions of dollars be a, on a world famous team uh, with obvious skill and obvious talent in front of the largest crowd in the world for that sport versus winning a local community sport where obviously the people you're competing with are just like pickup players. Like you're not you're not actually skilled. You're just winning against other recreational players. Like I, I feel like it's a no brainer. Okay, let me put it this way. Please do. Would you rather be the second best person in the world at something or a mediocre person who happens to beat your neighbor? Okay, well, you've moved the goalpost several times in the argument. How have I moved the goalpost? Nowhere in on that card does it say anything about professional amateur rec level. It says small crowd or large crowd. Okay, <laughs> okay. sure. So Super Bowl, large crowd. Yes. U.S. Open. Small crowd. Okay. Maybe so we're not... We're, if okay, we're talking about the define. value of, of what's happening here, monetary, the, the PGA, relatively small crowd. Um, a, a game during COVID, relatively small crowd. And the, the financial value, which you alluded to in your opening argument, you know what? We're not necessarily talking about playing rec league soccer. Um, we're talking about <laughs> performing in front of a small crowd. Ultimately, would you rather win or would you rather lose? I would rather win. Uh, I want to be a winner. And so winning in front of a small crowd, you leave victorious. Now, 
I, I get what you're saying. There's the man in the arena. Would you rather be the team that loses the Super Bowl or not even get to the Super Bowl? But we're not talking about that. We're not talking about somebody not getting to the game. We're saying, I'm a winner over here in front of my loyal fans that came there to watch me win. And you're losing in front of everybody. You are the biggest loser in the entire world. Everybody turned out. Why did they turn out to watch? They turned out to watch you lose. And now you got that stink of defeat in front of everybody. Everybody watched you lose. Guess what? My close people, they watched me win. Are you done with your point? Sure, absolutely. Okay. That's why I stopped talking. Okay, okay. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Okay, so um, let me put it this way. Put it that way. I'm going to put it that way. <laughs> In what circumstances would a recreate... Maybe we need to define some terms here. Let's define what a big crowd is. 100,000. Okay, 100,000. Small and, crowd, 1,000. Okay, I, I'm, I'm on board with that. In what circumstance would a recreational intramural game have 100,000 Well, I never, I never said you're in a recreational. You implied that the small no, crowd... No, no, okay, okay, would... okay. So... The question is, would you rather win a game in a small crowd or lose a game in a big crowd? If we're defining big crowd as 100,000 people, yeah. I think it's fair to assume that you're probably not losing in an intramural game. You're of losing not. You're losing in a stadium. Ab- absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And I think it's fair to assume that a 1,000 crowd, I mean, that's still pretty big, but I would say that that's probably a very low-performing group of people a, a, a low performing group which would give that 1000 or less otherwise right? more people would show up more people would show up for for better skilled athletes right is that a fair thing to say i i think that if we're saying that we are both competing in the same activity that that could be fair that if you're saying i'm i lost the super bowl you won a d3 college football game because okay. that would be about the crowd disparity, yes. However, it doesn't say that that's the case. It's saying how many people watched your victory, how many people watched your defeat. Now, not everything has the same pull, and that doesn't mean that there's a different level of mastery. As I said, winning the Masters is in front of a relatively small crowd. Does that mean that the payout is significantly less than winning than losing the Super Bowl? Of course not. Does it mean that the prestige associated with it is less than so losing you, the Super Bowl? Of course not. So do you think it's just there's... fewer people are there in the crowd to watch it. I'd rather be the winner. So let's define crowd. Are you saying that they're live in person or that they're watching on TV as well? Because the master... It doesn't say in front of a, a larger, small television audience. It no, says but it in says front a of crowd. a larger, small crowd. Crowd, yep, yep. We're not... TV isn't a crowd. Where, where's the crowd? Where's the cr- where think, is the crowd watching fair. the Super Bowl? Where is the crowd watching the Super Bowl? I think it's fair. Is there is the crowd in some other li- a living room in Duluth, Minnesota? No, that's not a crowd. That's just a living room. We're not we're not talking about a television audience here. We're saying in front of a crowd. I think it's fair for those listening in the context of this debate that a that losing in front of a crowd would be the crowd would encompass anyone who's observing. This competition, so I think absolutely. That, I think that in the Masters example you gave, there's probably at least a hundred thousand people, whether it's in person or or televised. Oh no, television watching. audience is not a crowd. 
I, I don't think you can call it. I think tele- you can. The um, television audience is a, a crowd. It doesn't say observers. It says crowd. Okay, well, crowd. Just... A crowd is a is a glut of people in one area. So I think we found the root of our debate here. That okay. So you just cannot a ago, call a television audience a crowd. It's so not a crowd. Just a moment ago, when I said those observing, you said yes. Okay, but I thought you meant live and in person. I okay, didn't but mean I didn't know. As... I but I I think I the way that I, I think it's fair. To take that card and say, okay, would you rather lose in front of many people observing or win in front of few people observing? I think that that's... I, I push back against that premise. Okay. I don't think that that's what the card says. It's, and, and you it's know what? not literally what the card says, but I think it's what it means. I think, you could, I think that for the sake of the argument, we could totally ignore the concept of people possibly viewing through tele uh, through telecommunications and say would you rather have a th- 100,000 people witness you losing or a thousand people witness you winning and say, okay, if we cut it at that, which would it be? And perhaps whether it's televised or not, whether it's televised or not. And, and certainly the likelihood of it being televised would be higher. If you're, if you're in a large group, I I can concede that point to you. Um, and that the stakes are probably pretty high. However, ultimately you are losing in front of a hundred thousand people. In fact, um, LeBron, is often defined by his losses in those big games. His legacy is defined oftentimes by his losses in championships. If he didn't win with the Lakers and win with uh, the Cavs late in his career, his career was defined by the fact that he lost in front of large crowds a lot. Tiger you, Woods so won wait, in front on. of small crowds can I a just pause lot. For, can I just pause for a moment? Are you saying... Would that... I rather be Tiger Woods or LeBron? No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> Are you saying that LeBron's... That LeBron's legacy was hurt by him losing in front of absolutely us, to the point absolutely. where are you saying that it was hurt to the point that that's the that's the one argument the the in the LeBron MJ argument if LeBron had won more championships he would the his argument for being the greatest of all time would be much higher would be much better that's what I was just gonna ask okay so okay so I'd rather not be the loser right but if you are I think I think it's fair. I think it's a, a very fair assumption to make that if you're losing in front of a lot of eyeballs, like that Jared Goff, that you that you have worked harder, that you are more skilled, and that you are more deserving of that large crowd. <laughs> no. Yes. Yes. Why not? Because there is a punter on a team that lost in the Super Bowl, and there's. For every one of those, there is a person putting on a green jacket that sunk a thousand punts, a thousand punts, a thousand putts every day of their life. To, well, now you're comparing to... different sports. Sure. Okay. So I small crowd sports and big crowd sports. So, so okay. I think there's really two avenues this debate can go. One avenue is within the same sport, and one avenue is it doesn't matter of the sport. So let's first go the route of. It's the same sport. I think if you're assuming the sport is the same, it's fair to say that the larger the crowd, the more talented you are. Okay, but that's not the point you're making. The point you're making is that's not what the card says. The card says large crowd, big crowd, sport Win a game, lose a game. Okay, so I think in the arena of same sport, we can agree that the larger the crowd, the more skilled you probably are. And that it's probably better to be. Or the more popular... 
your team. Yeah, and you're probably getting paid more because you're doing better overall. Sure. Okay. So let's now let's remove that argument. Now let's say, okay, it doesn't matter the sport. You are, whether it's golf, football, basketball, it, it, it's better to win. It's better to be the best at something, regardless of the crowd, than to lose at something. That's the argument you're making. That's one of the arguments that I've made, yes. I think that's the, probably one of the stronger that's ones. That's probably yes. the strongest argument that you've made. Okay. I think, in fairness, it depends on what your goal is. If your goal is to be the best at something, if your argument is it's better to be the best at the least exciting thing in the world but win, but then to lose at the most exciting thing in the world, then I think that's tough for me to push back against. Like, okay, if your goal is to be the best at something, yeah, it doesn't matter the size of your crowd. You want to win. Yes. But I still think that it is, if your goal is to be more known, more famous, get more sponsors, right? To get, um, to get more recognized, to have more opportunity for all these other things in life, it's better to have that many more eyes on you and showcase how good you are as an individual. In right? defeat? Yeah. What if you get blown out? Okay. Okay, which reminds me of a funny, jo- Jerry, funny Jerry Seinfeld joke of... Um, um, the First guy, second guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny how a half a second is the difference between being the most famous person in the world and no one knows who you are. Exactly. But, okay, let me put it this way. I think it's better to be nominated for an Oscar and not win and have the whole world see than to be the most well-known whatever, anything, in your local town. Okay. However, okay. I, 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 I can agree with that premise. Okay. Candidly, I would agree with that premise. Okay, but that's However, the premise you're making. That like I'm but, not even saying like a local theater person. A local anything. Sure. Winning, and, and they do local theater awards, sure. believe it or not. Yeah. And so to win a local regional theater award compared to getting nominated and losing for an Oscar... You're right. I agree with that. Okay. However, we're talking about a game. Yeah. Okay? And and we're if if okay. Let's. If I'm gonna put no 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 no. Okay. No, okay. Don't stop me. I'm in the middle of a thought here. Okay. You're not sorry. Okay. You are attributing tons of context, and and certainly I have too. If we strip away context to what this argument is about, win a game in front of lots of people, lose a game in front. A few people, or sorry, I apologize. Win a game in front of a few people. Many people. Lose a game in front of many, many, many people. If I said there's no qualification to be there, that's not what we're talking about. There, it doesn't say you qualified. It doesn't say you rose through the ranks. It doesn't say you achieved a bunch of sponsorships. You get to play a game of Connect Four in front of a hundred thousand people and lose. I get to play a game of Connect Four in front of a hundred people and I get to win. I will be much happier leaving that venue than you will because those hundred thousand people watched you lose and and that's, that's all there is to it. Yes, you're right. There is fame. There is the fact that a hundred a hundred thousand people now know who you are. The person who lost to the game that they watched you play. And you know what? I get to be the champion 
among the few people who came to watch me uh, do my thing. And uh, I think I, I think that uh, I will take that. Let me ask you this. Let, let me make it even more extreme. Because it doesn't say the exact amount. Let's say that... Small and big, yep. Small and big. Let me make it as extreme as possible. Okay. The most extreme is everyone in the world on one end and one other person on the other end. Would you rather everyone in the world know who you are or one person know that you're, know that you're good at Connect Four? Okay, know who you are in the context of being a loser. Sure. Um, what's that, Marsha? What's her name in the OJ trial? That it's like, there was a lot of ridicule because everyone watched her lose. Well, let me put it this way. I I think the point I'm making is not that it's identifying as a winner or a loser isn't the point. It's the opportunity that comes from being exposed to more people. So, like, if everyone in the world remembers you as a loser of Connect Four, the opportunity of being, like, parodied Asked to be in commercials, to do X, Y, and Z versus one person knowing that you won in Connect Four and then nothing happens afterwards. Like, th- besides you being like, yeah, I'm going to Connect Four. Who, okay, who is the most successful large scale loser that you can think of that parlayed the that most into success? Successful, like, joke of the world, you mean? I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm saying a person who suffered very major public defeat who now is riding high because of that major public defeat they took a major l in front of everyone and now look at them they got the last laugh sure i might have to get back to you on that because i I, my gut and this is a weak argument i'm gonna start by saying kim kardashian i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna start by saying that this is a weak argument because gut is not as good as empirical evidence but my gut says that there are cases of people who have been an embarrassment and have become famous and have benefited from their embarrassment. Um, and I'll have to get back to you on specific examples on a later date. I'll, I'll be Bobby Fischer. Is that I'll, I'll win. I'll win uh, chess against the Russians and the robots in front of not a lot of people in the audience uh, and have my name go down as a legend of what I do. Okay, agree over, to, over being a loser. Let's agree to disagree with Debate Club, and let's let the audience decide who won this argument. Comment below. Tell us who you think had a stronger argument. The winner or the loser? And I will, <laughs> and I will, and I will candidly admit that my last point was a weak point because I couldn't pinpoint specific He's pandering. data. This is pandering. Pandering is happening right now. I am pandering. He's talking to the audience. I am talking to the audience. <laughs> but and I will say that Benji had a strong argument at the end. But overall. Who do you think had the best argument, and who do you agree with? And I will also add that this may or may not be what either of us actually believe. We had to stick to our guns on Debate Club. I agree. But who do you think had a stronger point? Okay. Are we going to do another one? Or... Should we? We can. We can. Let's do one more. Okay, okay. And then... Again, we, I've, I've never seen any of these. We no, shuffled them. All right, here we go. All right, so, the, so for the comments on the first one, would you, as a reminder while he's shuffling, would you rather... Win a game in front of a small audience, which was Benji's No, 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 no. Don't. You are changing the words. Read them. Read it. It does not say audience. 
Audi- audience is loaded. It does not say audience. Audience implies that television is involved, social media. It says crowd. Okay, okay. Crowd is people gathered in a place, David. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Let me read it. Where's Come on, man. While he's shuffling, Benji's argument was win a game in front of a small crowd is better. And my argument was lose a game in front of a big crowd is better. Who do you think made the stronger case? And I would even add, not who do you agree with. I would say, tell us who you agree with. But I would also say, who do you think made a stronger case? Because those could be two separate answers. I love it. Okay. 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 Do you want to cut? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I get the one on this side, you get the one on this side. All right. Oof. Would you rather fly or... Read minds. And it's your turn to go first. (laughs) Okay. I'm going first? Yeah. Okay. Who needs to fly if you can read minds? Because if you can read minds... (laughs) That was just a funny sentence. I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, even if you can read minds, you'd never need to fly. (laughs) Well, let me put it this way. If you can read minds... Okay, if if you're trying to negotiate, what stronger power... (laughs) What better skill set to have than reading minds? Because, okay, sure, if you can fly, you don't need to pay for anything. You you can fly wherever you want to go. You can't bring your family with you, though. You, You fly... You're not flying other people. If you can read minds, you can negotiate yourself to a free flight because you know what other people are thinking and get your family to go with you. Get your friends to go with you. So that's, that's the debate against flying. But beyond just flying, reading minds, you can do so many more things than what flying can do for you. You can, okay, you can, you can make more money, right? Because you know what people are thinking. You can, you can assure that those around you are happy, and feel loved, and that you feel loved, you can do so many more things than than you can do with flying. So, that, I mean, that's my starting point. What would you say about flying? Okay, well, I think that perhaps you overestimated what the the amount of perks that you can get from reading other people's minds. I don't think so. I don't think that you can mind read your way onto a plane. I think you could. To Bali. I think like, you could. Who, whose mind are you reading that's getting you on a manifest onto somebody's plane? Whoever you need to talk to, you can read their mind. It doesn't say powers of infinite persuasion. It says mind reading. <laughs> it, th- their mind might be saying, what is this dude talking about? Of course he can't get on my plane. He didn't buy a ticket. That's what their mind's going to say. And what are you going to say back? Uh, yeah, I read your mind and it says, okay. what's this guy talking about? Oh, okay. uh, okay. so I'm not... I'm... still my turn. Um, sure. And so, yeah, you're not... You're not mind-reading your way into any situation. Yeah, you could win the World Series of Poker. That'd be great, right? You could win lots of... There, there are ways to monetize mind-reading, mind reading, I guess. However, flight, I think, cheat codes you through just about all of the negative things of life. You can immediately put yourself into any positive situation you want. Do you want to be in Hawaii right now? Boom. Fly there. Do you want to be How in... How fast can you fly? I, you know what? That's a fair question. It, there's no context on here. Um, I would assume mind reading is with 100% accuracy and flight is with Superman level speed. 
So like I could let's say to get for me to get okay, to Australia okay, so right now on. would take about an hour and a half. Well, hold on, because Superman level speed is could the fly sp- the world backwards. Is the speed of light? Okay, then then that's oh, I I'm gonna even I will nerf my argument a little bit and say um, faster the than the speed an air- of a plane. How about that? I think faster than the speed of a plane. But why not, do you think that? Why not is ridiculous? That, why is that? So. I think it should be as fast as the fastest thing that exists now, which is a plane. Is a plane the fastest thing? A rocket ship is faster than a plane. Okay, but okay, let me rephrase that. As fast as the as the most common way you would normally travel. And you're not going to take a rocket to Hawaii. Okay, but that's because nobody can fly as a person. That like we're already exi- we're we're creating superpowers. How fast could Iron Man get to? How fast could Iron Man get to Hawaii? Can How? he fly faster than a plane? Yeah. I don't know that we know that. I think that that's probably if you watch the movies. I think you could probably. I don't know that's ever established. He goes to the Middle East like in no time and then comes back. Yeah, I think that there are important details omitted from the. Okay, hold on. I think. How about this? Pause. Pause. You accused me of making assumptions on the last card. The the problem is there's no context. There's no context on this card. So we're trying. I'm trying to uh, agree trying with to, you. I'm negotiating. Yeah. We the need flight. to a negotiate an agreement here. I, would I say think. A, I think where I would limit myself is the plane, not a rocket. I will say, let's let's. Do you can we do agree you feel that your argument world, gets weaker if you're fast, as fast as a plane? Yes, I do. Why do you think that? Because, because you just said that you can't negotiate. That mind reading doesn't give you negotiating power. But you're when you say that as fast as a plane makes your argument weaker, you're actually saying. That actually, mind reading does give you power with negotiating. I I failed to see that connection. However, okay, I will. Well, say, I, okay. I, I I'm still wanting to agree with you in premise to start my argument uh, about about why flight would be so much better of of a power to have. Okay, regardless of speed, I would say, can we agree around the world? Okay, I'm leaving where I stand right now, going around the world, coming back to where I am. Four hours. No, we can't agree that. Okay. That's ridiculously fast. Yes. You're flying. You're you're a person. You're Superman. You're I mean you're not Superman, but you're flying like Okay, what well, okay. Around the world in and twenty four hours. I would say twenty four hours. Could, a plane could do that. Yeah, okay, so twenty four hours. I don't know that a plane could do that. So twelve hours okay. I don't think it could actually. I think that's still faster than the plane. Because from from California to South Korea is twelve hours, and that's not halfway around the world. Okay, I'll, I'll agree why don't we with say twenty four hours? So slightly faster than a plane. That is our pace. Is is an around the world in twenty four hours pace? Yeah, you could be in China. It'll take you twelve hours. You figure out the time zones, whatever. If I'm I, go- I I can agree to that. If I want to fly to the grocery store, I will be there very very quickly. Yeah. If I want to fly to Somewhere else in the United I States, I will be there very, very quickly. Condition. Oh, no, now that I'm starting to make good arguments. Okay, no, good. No, 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 because, hold on. If I have to agree, you have to agree on my side, too. Okay. Okay. So my side is that, sure, I, here's what, what I would grant you. Mind reading doesn't give you infinite persuasion. But let's also assume that someone with mind reading is curious enough to get good at other skills, such as persuasion. Myself included. Like, if I had mind reading, I would definitely be interested in learning how to persuade. Sure, sure. And I might get good at that. And if I had the power of flight, I would figure out ways to market that, too. Sure. And, and I, I also would say, I think that we can agree that if you have the power of flight, 
that you get a carrying plus one. Yeah. That that like you said, well, you don't get to carry friends. You're sure right. You you can't take your whole family with you. It's just but you fine. can lowest lane on the car uh, on the friggin' side if if you can hold you them. Can you can fly one fl- other person. I I think that that's fair. I will grant you one other person. Yeah. So now that's gonna be terrifying for that person. At first, maybe unless you're like, hey, dude, check this out. I've got a power of flight. All right. uh, let's let's fly. Look, okay, I'll fly I'm, you across this cornfield I'm first. I'm on board with you taking one other person. If you're on board with me saying like, okay, the person who can read minds. Is good at it is capable of getting good at other skills. Sure, okay. I, I sure okay. We're on the same page. So now I can say, I think that I can basically neutralize every perk that you have. Not not my ability to flight doesn't neutralize your ability to read minds. However, everything good that you can gain from reading minds, I think I could also gain by having the ability to fly. Um, one of the first things would be uh perhaps. Uh, a way of a method of seduction in fact um, that sure being able to read minds would, would be excellent for that but also being able to fly somebody <laughs> to a tropical destination or to just be like hey I'm gonna like let's go up in the air well, a whole new world this thing and like I think that that's probably the ability to do that would be just as powerful as the ability to read their mind and say exactly what they wanted to hear. Except my my thing would be genuine. Yours would be I'm okay. I'm reading your mind as a method to manipulate you. Basically, by saying I want to be able to read your mind, you're saying I want to be able to be the world's most manipulative person because that's, that's the only no. But I'm saying that any any gain that you would get from being able to read a mind compared to how you would be naturally would be your ability to manipulate somebody based on the information that you have because you know what they're not disclosing to you. So ultimately, by being able to read minds, any way of monetizing that or any way of gaining anything from that would be by way of manipulating somebody whose mind you read, by wronging a person whose mind you read. For me, I can provide people with a very positive experience. I can provide people with a very genuine experience. And in addition to that, I can create a very happy time by flying around and having the greatest time in the world recreationally. There's no recreational gain from being able to read minds. I can avoid traffic. How does reading minds get you out of traffic? You can read anybody's mind it's not going to get you out of traffic it's not going to get you to work faster it's not going to get you past a red light i can go right now boom gone sorry hey honey i'm gonna fly to the grocery store hey honey i i'm gonna fly back now if we want to open our minds to the nefarious sure flight has lots of upside for for criminal activity and for opportunities uh, to make personal gain at the um expense of your integrity however I think that the only way that you are going to capitalize off of reading minds is at the expense of your integrity. I look forward to hearing an argument for for your um, for your use of mind reading in a very positive, you know, <laughs> pro-human race way. I think there's tons of ways that I can enjoy my ability to fly and also allow that to bring joy to others. Go ahead, David. Okay. Uh, um, are, are you done strawmanning my apart my argument? Good, good. Okay, yeah. all right. Pick, pick so, me apart, dude. Pick me I apart. I pick you apart. Okay, so I would equate the ability to read minds to someone who's a billionaire. I would say that if you are inherently a manipulative 
person who means to take advantage of others, the more money you have, the better you are at that, right? And if you're a very giving person and you love others, the more money you have, the better you are at that. So I would say mind reading is the same. If, if I'm a malintended person, sure, I could manipul manipulate someone at the expense of them. But if I am a well-intended person, which I believe I am, and I believe that if you are a well-intended person, mind reading is a more beneficial skill than flying, then you would, you would better understand the person that you love. You would understand them so well that you would know what brings them joy. And you would know what makes them happy. And, and you, it, it can be easy to fall into the trap of, are you manipulating them? Sure, maybe. Because you are. Because you, because you, you are, but, but is it a win-win scenario? Or is it a I'm winning, you're losing scenario? I think it's if your intention is, we're both winning here. I'm doing this because this is what you want. This is what you love. And it's not necessarily because I want you to behave in a certain way. I'm, I'm understanding you, and I'm doing this for you. Mind reading, there's no better way to understand someone than reading their mind. And so if, if, here's an example. You know how women can be, and men can be, where they think one thing but say another and hope that you know what they meant. Right? What better way... To nail that than reading their mind. If they say, you know, I don't really, I don't really, I've never really wanted a big wedding. We can do something small. But in their mind, they're thinking, God, I really wish I had a big wedding. You okay, so your, your implication is that th that's better than getting to know the person that you love and, and just genuinely understanding them and genuinely being able to read their social cues. I think that one of the most rewarding things in a relationship is the fact that you don't just automatically know what what they're thinking is the fact that you have a unique ability to understand them because you've spent time with them because you've come to read some of their physical cues and, and read the way that yeah you're right sometimes they say oh i don't know what i want want to eat and but it's not a matter of knowing what they actually do it's a matter of i have experience with them so i can make this educated guess and then when i actually know that i did the right thing well, that makes me feel good because I I got to know them. And when I know that they can say, I don't know, oh, get whatever, and I'm going to come up with a good answer. I feel like a lot of the joy of that would be gone if I just read their mind. Oh, let, let you want Denny's. Okay, let well, let's this. go get Denny's. Let me ask you this. It's like playing, it's like playing a game against a, a computer. You're not... Would you say that part of your example is... You've experienced them enough to where you can read their body language and read their 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 um, intonation and their cues to where you understand what they actually mean. Yeah. Okay. So imagine that you don't have malintent, and you can just read that sooner. You understand them quicker. You you and 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 that's all that I mean. I, I I'm not meaning that you are. Like, so say you are reading someone's mind and you're thinking, gosh, like, I really resonate with that person. I love this person. And I want to do what's right by them. And, and th they don't have the benefit of reading my mind, so they're going to have to get to know me the old-fashioned way. But I'm going to do what I can to please them. I, 
I think you're sacrificing a lot of the joys of a relationship. I think that if I ask you personally, honestly, would you rather have gotten to know your now wife the way that you did, or would you have rather had this cheat code to know her faster while she had to do it the old-fashioned way, but you have this weird leg up that that you might feel guilty about the fact that you did this. In fact, as you made your initial argument, I was thinking to myself, what you're arguing sounds like act one of a rom-com where the person would eventually realize that they were in the wrong for doing things the way that they did and that the the alternative which is the way that everybody was which of getting to know somebody sacrificing that ability to read their mind would be preferable which is the act two turn into act three where they end up together because they renounced the ability that you are bragging about i would say if if you're if you're saying relational um relational perks as your reason why reading minds is better i think most people would say no, not for me. I'll just use it for monetary gain. Flight, I think you can monetize that. I'm going to, hey, you know what? I will You're offer like you the Uber. most private the most <laughs> private flight. The most terrifying Uber in the world. Oh, you are you telling me that there aren't rich people who would pay anything to, to have... To in your right arm? Yes. <laughs> yeah. To fly, not only to a destination, but just like... Yep, we're free flying, and you're going to be safe. Don't worry. I'm going to clip you to me. How is the safety guaranteed? Like, you don't have super strength. You just have flight. Sure. You're going to get fatigued very quick. Much like you would refine your abilities within um, mind reading to to come up with persuasive concepts, I would probably develop, you know, I, I would talk Where to would an you engineer. Fly to? Where would you fly to? Well, I think I could have a... If, if I wanted to monetize it, I could say I've got a company where it's it's basically like skydiving, but a way more niche version that nobody can offer you. Let me ask I, you this. Let me ask you this. So let me premise this, because you might not know the answer to this. The world record plank is somewhere between <laughs> 8 and 10 hours. Okay. Okay? That's like full body strength. If you're holding somebody... Let's just say they're 100 pounds. How long do you think you could hold 100 pounds? I, I, I think I tried to make this argument or in, in my just previous, like, 30 seconds ago. In my mind, I'm thinking, my research and development, I would be talking to an engineer to develop a way to clip people to me um, so that I'm not just You'd relying on my arm. So that I could have a nylon okay. leg harness that they clip almost like tandem skydiving. Okay, let's even remove... So it's a more luxurious experience L for the person that's flying. Let's even remove the fact... Okay, fair <coughs> enough. I, I will grant you that. Let's remove the fact that you're holding them in your arms. How long do you think you could wear a 100-pound weighted vest and go for a walk before you get tired? But I'm not doing that. I'm flying. Right. I have the ability of flight. And we have already established that my ability of flight allows me to bring a person with me. And I think that under that assumption, if we're saying I'm flying, then I'm we're not assuming that there's a huge physical demand on me by flying. So why would we assume that there's an equal encumbrance by adding the body weight of a person to me? I'm still I have the ability to transcend gravity by flying. So I'm assuming that I'm not flying with 200 pounds of dead weight on me if I have a 200-pound person, that I can fly along with this 200-pound person. We are propelling ourselves through the air. I will grant you that. Okay, I'll grant you that for this argument. I'll grant you that. Um, that, that, that it could be a 500-pound person, and you're fine. Yeah, we're fine. I will grant you that. 
Yep, we'd have more inertia in that regard if we hit a brick wall. <laughs> we'd be powering through that thing. Sure. Um, so, I I mean, look, the financial upside, I think we can basically negate it. Obviously, there's there's high financial upside to being able to read minds. Um, you could get insider trading tips um, without it being insider trading tips. I could monetize my thing. I could give billionaires private flights that that don't exist. And when when you offer a service that doesn't exist, go ask somebody else to fly you around personally like this, where you can just look up at the sky and you're also traveling. With n- it's not going up in a plane and dropping. We can fly around the islands of, of Hawaii. We can fly anywhere and you're getting this unparalleled experience. Obviously, that has financial upside to it. Um but I don't think that I have to feel any guilt about I using also, my I think it's worth situation. All, I think it's, for anyone listening, I think it's worth also mentioning, I will grant you that the person you're flying is comfortable. Because I could imagine, like, w- when you're skydiving, you're falling, and so it's like, but if you're going this way, it's a lot of effort if you're strapped to someone to keep your head and legs up. You know, like, I will grant you... And that's kind of like a a movie suspension of disbelief, right? Like, Lois Lane would have to be like... I will grant you that it's it's a comfortable flight for that person you're flying. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I will grant you that the people who you mind read will have no inkling that you're mind reading them. Okay. You don't have to go do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do or anything like that. It's just like... Um, and, and, and I will also grant you that you're not just like Bruce Almighty reading um, prayers where it's just like a nonstop barrage <laughs> of mind reading. That no, you can fo- you can turn can yours filter. on and off. You can be like, okay, right now it's like that a, was a fun reference, Bruce Almighty. It's like it's like if you press your tongue to the roof of your mouth, you are mind reading the person that you're looking at or something like that. like it's yeah. it's yeah okay. discreet and you can turn it on and off. You do mm-hmm. it basically. When, I think that that's fair parameters. For yeah, I think that's fair too. Thank you. Um, so I want to hear why yours is better. Cause okay. I don't think you have made any argument for why I yours have. is better. I think I've, and I think you've made some assumptions that, so for example, Oh, relationships. Yeah. Relationships. So you, the, the direction you took, you compared being able to read minds in a relationship versus not being able to read minds in a relationship, which is different than being able to read minds versus flying. So I think I think I <laughs> wait, so I hold on. Okay, you're right. I compared being able to read minds versus not reading minds, but also I can fly. Okay, that's even better. That's that that goes no, no, even no, no. better for me. No no. So what you said specifically is I think it's better to learn as you go and not being able to read minds versus reading minds and just knowing everything up front. Yes. And I think I And think, also I can fly. So I so I think so I think what I would I think what I would say there is that in the context of relationships, I could see it going either way. Is there some excitement in learning as you go? Absolutely. It's been great. Have there been times where it would have been really convenient and probably net positive to know what my wife actually meant when what she said was the opposite of what she said and things would have been better that night? Absolutely. And I think I think intention matters big time when it comes to reading minds. If your intention is selfish, I think my argument goes out the window and I would say flying is better. Like if you're a selfish person, flying is a much better thing for the world than reading minds. I think I want to eliminate 
the selfish person from this argument and say, I am someone who means well by others. And with that, I think reading minds is way more net positive to the world than being able to fly one person at a time. If I can read minds and I mean well for others, how much time am I not wasting by doing the wrong thing? I'm saving so much time by giving them what they want, what they need, what they love, and by being someone that they can rely on and need. I think, you know, I think it's giving to the world. You can maximize giving to more people by reading minds as a well-meaning person than you can by taking 12 hours to fly them to China, one person at a time to China. I, I can generally agree in premise with you. I have a couple responses. Okay. One, I think you are in a very, very slim percentile of people that I would trust to have that ability and not use it for any negative. But we're talking about us here. I think both of us mean well. Which which is it's would you rather? But I think we're kind of saying which is better, right? That's that's the implied. You, I think I no. I think so. Now you're taking the opposite argument. So you're implying something is would you rather, not would the world rather? Okay, but how's anybody going to vote on would you rather? I obviously, like like we're convincing the people at home that they would rather. No, we're that because they can't jump into your brain. The, the argument, we're trying so to convince that, making, that it's better. We're trying to convince people that our side is better, yes, is the and, one, is the preferable option. And, and the point I'm making, is, what I would grant you is, mine is not better for a selfish person, but mine is absolutely better for a well-meaning person. Are you familiar with the term absolute power corrupts absolutely? I'm not, I've not heard that phrase, but it sounds fun. Basically, <laughs> it sounds very fun. Um, it's a common term for... Uh, it, it's the uh, Daenerys Targaryen effect, okay. where you can set out with good intentions, but once you start getting uh, too much, yeah, you you need to poison me because my arguments are are because I'm dominating you. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think so. Um, I think we're pretty even in this one. It's it's the Daenerys Targaryen kind of thing where you can set out with really great intent, and then once you start to get a little bit too much power. It's very easy to use it for personal gain. Click. You've seen click. I've seen click. Similar to that. That are you? Do you have that much faith in your own ability to put governors on your mind reading? That you're 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 not going to get addicted to reading people's minds. That you're not going to get. I mean, what what's the worst thing if you get addicted to the joyride of flight? Is that you're flying all the time? If you start getting addicted to reading people's minds, then it very easily could damage relationships that you value highly. And yeah, right now it's very easy to say, oh, there were two or three times that if I could have read somebody's mind, that it would have been great. Yeah, well, there's probably going to be way more than two or three times that had you had the ability to read somebody's mind, you would have regretted it. I know that last week we had that conversation about when you when you said who is your favorite character and and you know what would you have taken that back if you had read her mind you would have kissed her and you know what you might not have a child right now if that were the case you or maybe I've just had a child sooner or um, perhaps but i think that the relational upside three child children by now the relational upside of being able to read someone's mind 
it's very difficult to quantify that because I don't, yes, you could probably get in a lot of people's pants with the ability to read minds. <laughs> I, I mean, look, I'm not going to deny that. If you, if you went into the club or into the bar or whatever with the ability to read people's minds, I think you could pull a lot of numbers. I, I think you could, you could keep yourself pretty busy. I'm, I'm not going to deny that. I also think that if I could say, Hey, are you waiting on an Uber? I'll fly you home. <laughs> I think you could also pull a lot of numbers they that way. They would be pretty exhilarated after that. I, I, I think you could pull a lot of numbers that way, too. But if we're talking about Both substantial... Both would be above average. Exactly. Yeah. I think ultimately, though, if we're talking about relationships, relationally, we would want that to exist devoid of either power. If, if I had the ability to fly and you had the ability to read minds, you would want to find somebody that you didn't need to read their mind. And I would want to find somebody that I didn't need to fly around. I think that's fair. But then once you take that away, we can also go on a trip very quickly. Um, or I can still fly to the... Like, we can and still fly to the And once you take that away, I can know when they need flowers and what they want to eat for dinner. And, um, and if they're in a pickle, I can read the minds of their boss or whoever and get them what they need. Do... Do you think reading the mind of your boss? I, that seems like a, a that That's seems okay. like another a movie premise. That like I can read the mind of my boss and okay. I know what they want, but it's like that doesn't mean you're gonna deliver it. I like if I can read something? my boss's mind, that doesn't mean I'm gonna get promoted just because I can read their mind. Can I push back on something? you Go said? Go for it. Yeah. You made a very good case on my behalf earlier. Yeah. So for the listener, for any listeners who are power driven, you made a case that reading minds is better for someone who is power driven. Okay. And if you're and if you have malintent, reading minds would be a very sure. a very wonderful skill. Yeah. I th- I think you're right about that. So I think we can we can both agree that anyone listening who is power driven with malintent reading minds is better. And then we can also say that if you are well intended and um and that reading minds can be such a nice thing for those that you love because you are out to help them and you know how to help them. And I think that it's it's better for anyone who is evil and for someone who is good. Flying is a thrill. It's cool. It is absolutely something I would love to do and it would be fun. But in terms of achieving your goals, reading minds is going to get you much further, whether you mean well or not. I think that being able to fly is regardless of whether you mean well or not, you would certainly take advantage of your ability to fly. I Heck think yeah, you would. I mean, okay. Daily application. You would fly every... If, if you, if you could fly, me. you would fly every single day. You wouldn't have to keep it a secret. Sure. You could be the dude that flies. Like, <laughs> it, you, it would change everything about your existence in the world. And yes, your ability <laughs> to read minds would too, but I think... That it would make you a really messed up person. If if you if reading minds became part of your daily routine, it just kind of I mean, because ultimately it's gonna integrate into who you are. As I said, I would never I wouldn't have a car, right? I would I would just fly. Uh, unless I I mean really I probably would not have a car, I would just fly. And I know that you're saying, well, if you have a family, you're gonna want to have a minivan or whatever. Yeah, I get that. But ultimately most of your travel your commutes to work are going to be gas free. Look, I'm not saying that flying isn't good. That's not my point. I think that if if I could fly and couldn't read minds, I would take 
full advantage of it. Do you think that Pause. you... Okay, sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, I would... I can totally argue towards positives for flying. But the question was, would you rather fly or read minds? That's, yes. That's the question. And the answer doing. is fly. The answer is read minds. So... Uh, so I would, if I could take both, I would take both. And if I and if I was only offered flight and nothing else, I would take flight. Don't get me wrong. But the question is, would you rather fly or read minds? And reading minds is a greater net positive, whether you mean well or not. You're going to get further than if you could only fly. Okay, I I, I definitely hear that argument. I do. And, and I think that the knee-jerk reaction, without giving it much thought, is to say read minds. When I saw the card, I was like, ah, I wish I would have gotten read minds. Okay, I think that that is the knee-jerk reaction. But when you really think about it, I, I cannot <laughs> imagine a situation where reading minds is part of my daily routine and it doesn't psychologically mess me up that it doesn't have some massive net negatives and and i've seen an as i said i, I know that it basically i'm relying on movie premises here but but when you get when you see a movie where you try where they try to hash out the real world ramifications of having a supernatural ability you see the negatives come in of in situations like this. I, as in in my mind, I think of the movie What Women Want, where Mel Gibson can read women's minds. Um, it seems really awesome in the first act of the movie. Then you Thank find you the drawbacks. Case for me, and then um, and, and movies like like Click, where it's like, okay, I have this this ridiculous ability to manipulate the world around me. It's That's really not awesome really at first. Minds, though. That's time travel. Sure, no, no. I I'm saying that you have this mystical ability where you can basically manipulate the world around you like okay yeah you might not be able to re to read your boss's mind but you can pause your boss i think click is an unfair thing because really what click is they're doing is he doesn't know how to handle a situation so he skips it whereas reading minds would give you a, a further ability to handle a situation in the moment i okay. think that's an unfair Comparison. I think. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll. We can strike that from the record. Okay. But I will say, I think that reading minds would be an answer of short-term gratification with colossal long-term negative ramifications to the point that you would probably wish that you did not have the ability to read minds, and you would ultimately, if if you could control it, if it did not become a crippling addiction. Um, to you that you couldn't stop yourself from doing all the time that you would wish that you never had that ability. I okay. Flight, I think, whatever, you'd be like, well, okay, this is great. This is my new transportation. Sure. I, I think, so I think you make a really good point. Sometimes the greater the risk, the greater the reward. So the, I think the, the stronger the benefit also means the stronger the downside. Like, if you take a big risk on a business and you could potentially lose a lot of money or make a lot of money, um, yeah, sure. I think flying is a less risky move, but if but reading minds is certainly a more risky move, but with potential for greater benefit. So, I What's mean, the greatest benefit that you get from reading minds? Well, the greatest benefit you get from reading minds is understanding those around you, which is what we already seek to do without reading minds. I mean... So that you're going to change the world by understanding those around you? Yeah, you're going to change your own world by understanding those around you. Absolutely. I mean, gosh, like, 
Think about the person you love most. If you could understand... <sighs> we keep going to the micro. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you about the macro. You keep saying, you're gonna... If you're a good-spirited person, you're gonna change the world. But the no, person no, no, you I'm love most... I'm not saying you're gonna change the world. I'm gonna... L listen, this is about would you rather. I'm not... We're not out there... We're not superheroes. We're not out there to save Earlier the world. you implied that a good person would be able to make a huge positive impact on the world. Which I still agree with. I still think that... And have done zero to substantiate. <laughs> Every time you argue, and it's all about the person you love. Imagine if you could read them. But okay, what? How are you? How are you saving Darfur with can, your ability to you read minds? You can say it like that and diminish it, but it's it's still true. Like like absolutely. Like like if if you fully understand the person you're with, and you let's 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 take both scenarios. You mean well, and you don't mean well. You mean well. You fully understand the person you're with. Even if you can't read minds and you understand them, that's a really good scenario. Now imagine you can read minds, you understand them on a deeper level than you ever have before. That's an a cheating level. Sure, it's cheating, but you can, you can say it like that. You can say it's cheating. Would you tell them? I would tell them. You're like, I hey, would. I can read your mind. If Let's take two scenarios. I'm the most meaning well person. I would absolutely tell them. I would say, look, I have this ability to read minds. You should know this. Um... And I'm and, and you should question me if I'm ever manipulative. If you ever feel like I'm manipulative, you should question me. Okay. Look, 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 look. Keep talking, dude. Keep I talking. Will, this is I great. Will. Keep talking. I will. I, will. I hope you're listening at home right now. I hope you're listening to <laughs> look, his argument right now. Look, if I would say I would say that about even if I couldn't read minds, if you felt like I was manipulating you, you should question me, right? So, okay. A a good meaning person would be fully truthful and transparent. Even if they can read minds. Okay, now let's take a manipulative person. Why would a manipulative person want to be able to read minds versus flying? You can achieve way more by manipulating people than you can by... F flying just transports you from point A to point B. Manipulating others, you can achieve so much in less time by manipulating others. Reading minds, no matter who you are, is a financially smarter move and a more beneficial move to you. Okay. I've often thought to myself, Yeah. It would be really cool to be president. And then it's like, if I were president right now, it would be, I, I would be terrified because I'm certainly not qualified. Because, first of all, like who is? But like, to be qualified, no to be qualified to be a CEO or to be in a position of extreme power and to be confident within that position, it takes a lot of experience of being able to actually read people and stuff like that. If you took a shortcut to a position of power, it would be very, very frightening. And once you're there, when people want to rip you down, the ability to read minds is not going to to keep you into that situ in a positive standing in that situation. It's ultimately going to put you into positions where you are out of your depth and now you're drowning. I don't think that you could ever... I, I, that's, that's one isolated thing. Okay. I'm going to go to another point. I'll even, I'll, I'll talk about that once you finish. Sure, sure, please do. The other thing is, you could <laughs> never have a relationship where you told somebody that you could sometimes read their mind. Sure you could. David, there sure is no There's a way. way. Every, for all of the arguments that you think you're avoiding by being able to read their mind... You are creating a dozen with the doubt 
that you would be putting into their head by them knowing that you could be reading their mind right now. And if you don't agree with that, you are a lunatic. You know that there would be, every time that there is an argument, you know that your mind reading would be brought up. And you know that you would be accused constantly. You know the frustration that would happen when you are trying to do the right thing and you're saying, you know what, I'm not going to read her mind on this. I'm going to do this sincerely. And she's still going to believe, she's still going to think that you're reading her mind. And there's nothing that you're going to be able to do to possibly argue your case because you can't prove that you're not reading her mind. So for every argument you would resolve, you would create a dozen worse ones. I think that it would be impossible to have a relationship with somebody that you are reading, that they are aware that you have the ability to read their mind. I think it would be impossible. And, and if we can operate, if I'm operating under that premise that it would be impossible, then I'm saying you would have to keep that, that ability a secret from the person you love, which I think would be... Oh, as I said, it would be you would rather give the ability away than than keep it a secret from the person you love. So I think I'm feeling very optimistic that you're fighting against reading minds as opposed to for flying at this point. I, I think I can just say flight. Flight would be a, a, awesome. Flight. Flight is I, awesome. I don't disagree with flight. And, would be awesome, but that's not what the argument. And once I've established this, um, this giant. Okay, I don't need to defend flight. There's nothing you can do to detract from flight. There's no downside to having the ability to fly. You can fly if you want to. You can not fly if you want to. Nobody's going to be like, I wonder if he's. I wonder if he wishes he was flying right now. Okay, whatever. We know that flying rules. Here's what I would say. I agree that there's no downside to flooding, flying, but if you had to choose between flying and reading minds, there's more net positive to reading minds. So On the short term. No, in the long term. Let me, ta- let me counter what you said. So if you could read minds, you wouldn't be in a relationship with somebody. Okay, it depends who you are. Okay, if you're in, if if you are someone who is not good at utilizing your power of reading minds, you keep putting your glass on your thigh and not grabbing it, and every single time you do that, I'm like, how how are you this confident in my table? (laughs) Okay, keep going. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. That's okay. If you can read minds and you're honest about it, you would find yourself in a relationship with somebody that it's not a problem. Because, how, okay, has it ever been a problem? Let me put it this way. Have you ever been in a situation, whether it's a romantic partner or a friend, where you did something for them and it's like, and they said, it's like you read my mind. How did you know? When were they upset about that? Okay, but... If they knew that you could read their mind, they wouldn't you are be impressed. Making, you're making, they would, you would you would take if we're saying you're making a big assumption here. If but but I okay can we can we agree that you already said that you would tell yes. a, a relationship yes. partner they would they would never think that you were thoughtful. They would never think that you were thoughtful. If you Why got not? them the, okay, if you got them look. the perfect Christmas gift, they wouldn't say, "Oh my gosh, he really knows me." They would say, "He read my mind and he he knew that I wanted that." Okay, let me put it this way. How many? Keep times putting it other ways because it's you're I not will. you're Have not making you, okay. it better. Let me put this, okay, let's remove reading minds from the equation. Have you? Let, let's, I got it. Flight. No, no, no. Flying is. Let, let's remove all powers from the equation and go to the romantic relationship where your romantic partner has explicitly told you what they wanted and you forgot and you didn't get it to them and they were disappointed. Notes app. If um. No, stop it. Stop the it. Notes let, app. let me finish. <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah, season notes have. Okay, and, and how disappointed were they? Okay, if you could read a mind 
and your partner knew you could read a mind, it's the same as them telling you. And if you could read their mind and you remembered, they would still be happy about it. So basically, they you are removing their obligation to tell you, and they're still telling you. So it's still up to you to remember. Yeah, you still have to be a decent person to do well with it, but you remove the obligation of them having to take the effort to tell you. And how ex it's like, that's exciting to them. I, I think there is literally, reading minds is as good as you are. If you are a good person and you can read minds, you're going to get good things. If you're a bad person, you're going to get what you want in a bad way. People will be mad at you. You'll still get what you want. Reading minds, it's a positive no matter who you are. That's all my point is. Flying, it's a cool thing. I would take it if it was offered to me. But if I'm given the choice between flying and reading minds, reading minds is more powerful. It's better. You can do more whether you're a good person or a bad person. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. Tell us what you think. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, by the way, uh, uh, this is a very neutral thing I'm going to say. Neutral. So, so I think I can say this as an epilogue, which is while you were saying that, I was thinking through the athletic advantages. Like, okay, like, okay, how are you monetizing this? And it's like, okay, if you were in football, being able to fly, you could do like the uh, dash in the Incredibles where it's like, only do it a little bit. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna like make so, it look like you can jump really high. Like <laughs> so you can still be like an awesome wide receiver, and people will be like, "Dude, this dude has a four foot vertical. He's insane. He's a freak of nature. He can jump out of the stadium." But it, they wouldn't be like, if "He's you cheating." Minds, you could also do. You would well. know the play. Yeah, you would know the play. Both which are is beneficial huge. in sports. Which both, I, I think that there's a lot of things that we can call like, "All right, this is a wash for yeah. this. This is a wash for this." Different strategy, same benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, That's comment. Cool. All right, yeah, tell us who you think had the best. First, I think there's two things to say here. Number one, who oh, you... no, he's moving the goalpost. No, no, yeah. no, number one, same as before. Who do you agree with? And second, gotcha. who do you think argued stronger? I think those are two different things. Yes, that's that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. Because who they agree with might have been what they would have what guessed. they feel what they would have said from. But the they very might beginning. feel like, gosh, who I agreed with really brought a weak argument, and so I'm going to say that they brought a weak argument. Sure, yeah. I, I'm not gonna argue anymore. I think we we have put both of these yeah. um, both of these arguments to rest. That was and fun, maybe though, once really we wrap, that. maybe once we wrap, we'll continue these arguments. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and we'll we'll if you subscribe to our Patreon, we'll say what we actually feel. Oh, are we starting about a this. Patreon now? No, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we should. We could. That would be uh, great content for when we have more than our moms more than as zero listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we currently have zero viewers. We are our own viewers. We are right the now. View, but that was the whole point, right? We are the own, yeah, exactly. That we're just having our conversation. We're having we our conversation. Having. I'm subscribed to us. Are you subscribed? I to am us? subscribed. So and we've got at least two viewers. If you're cool, you will also be subscribed to us. Um, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and or if, Spotify. If you're cool, you will have made it to the point where you're hearing us talk about you being cool at three hours in. 34 minutes into. Yeah. Oof. This is a it's long gonna one. It's going to be a fun one to edit. I you. haven't been bored but, at all. I haven't either. I can keep going, but we probably shouldn't. We probably should wrap it up. Yeah. And, I don't um, want to know what time Just it is. so you all know, at this phase in our podcasting, Benji is the one who has to edit this. So Ooh. I'm excited for him. Thankfully, the audio is not too bad. To yeah. But there might come a point when we both edit and we take turns. I think we should make each of our debates into a. I know that. 
you don't want to listen to this, but we should make each of our debates into its own Episode. YouTube YouTube I video. Agree with that. I think that we can cut just extract that and have the, each that. debate video and that way people can comment and like we can kind of i think that's right, the right move yeah, yeah. The, the podcast can be its own full thing but then the different chapters of this podcast can be its own video absolutely yeah so do you have any final closing statements benji i wish i could fly that'd be really rad i wish i could read minds uh, however i will say i will say in the in the contest between flying and reading minds my bias towards winning the argument says I should read minds more. However, this is going to be a very um uh we won't put this in the YouTube politically video. correct thing to say or I don't I don't know the right politically correct thing. I'm glad that I don't have any superpowers. I think being human is great. That that's kind of what I was getting at yeah. with my argument for flight, where it's like flight is like not having a superpower, except you can have yeah great Which transportation. You could say the same thing in the opposite direction. Reading minds is like not having a superpower, except you can't fly. Do you think that you would be corrupted? Sorry, we're not arguing the same way. I apologize to the <laughs> listeners at home. Do you think you'd be corrupted by your ability to fly? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you could maybe, be. Maybe you could be corrupted you know by anything. You know what? You you might be right. Yeah. David, it's been wonderful talking to you tonight, my friend. Likewise, and cheers. If anybody listened to us, you're silly. You're very but, silly. If you've made it to this point, you are ridiculously silly. But uh, thank you for listening. we love you. And we will see you in a couple weeks, right? Maybe next week if your dad comes. Maybe next week. Maybe you'll get to catch Rusty and Sue. I would love that. My mom would not be interested in being part of this, but my dad would. I'm sure my dad would. And we will, at some point in our friendship career, make a birthday frog and vacation squirrel song. Gosh, yes, yeah. I don't know. We don't know when. We don't know how, but we will. We're going to get in the studio. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're listening on a podcast service and you haven't subscribed for automatic downloads, please do listen to us when we come out with our next one. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And should we call our... uh, We should have a name for our listeners, like CC Nation or something like that. I don't know. We'll come up with something. Uh, put suggestions in the comments. Yeah, tell us what you this think. This is the first I've given this any. I mean, I haven't given it any thought. I this is the first I've even. Moment. It's even occurred. To but me. I feel like it's nice to have like a, a short, a short phrase for our listeners. You know. Absolutely. So tell us what you think. The you sea seekers or something like the that. The sea seekers. That's fun. I don't know. We'll, what do we'll you all think? All right. Well, this has been this has been a great use of the last three and a half hours of my life. Um, I hope it's been the same for you. Likewise. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Dude, that was three and a half hours.